millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome back to another intergalactic episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus, and I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Malshine. And hopefully, our voices are the same volume. We've been having a lot of issues when it comes to uh, balanced audio. And we are learning and growing right before your eyes because it's about it's about progress, not perfection here at Space Trash Podcast. That's what they always say in Peloton. Oh, my God. NAA. So it's like, that's the message. How have you been this week, Sarah? Uh, it's just been great. You know, just a regular um, just a regular week here at the doggy daycare slash um, hotel. I now stay at half the time because it is a pool. LOL. It's, it's a delightful week. You know, everything was, everything was pretty standard. How about you? Pretty... Um, stressful just because I am trying really hard to get my house in order and I cannot do it. Um, and <laughs> it's very stressful because I'm a Taurus moon. So I thought I was supposed to be good at that. Well, here's the thing. You are a Taurus moon. Hypothetically, you're good at that. But I think, okay, so like yesterday we officially had the nodes switch from Gemini Sagittarius into Taurus Scorpio. You are a Taurus moon, but you're also a Scorpio Mars. Okay. So I think that the next 18 months are going to be kind of like a bat, like a, like a boss battle between your moon and your Mars. Mm -hmm. And ultimately your moon's going to win because the North node is in Scorpio, but it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, the nodes haven't been in Taurus and Scorpio for, for 18 years. Right. Wow. There's been a lot of gunking up of your Taurus moon that is now going to get cleared out. But the last 18 years, you know, you might've had to, you might've had to uh, rely more on that Scorpio side because we have lived in this sort of, you know, hell empire on earth, just trying to survive. And I feel like that's where Scorpio, when it comes to like living in a, um, you know, living in like a corrupt society, I think Scorpio thrives. Yeah. So I was 16 the last time Taurus was in one of the nodes. Right. Isn't that crazy? That's really weird. I lost my virginity that year. What else did I do? Well, dude, that was what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, like, to everybody, look back at what was going on in, like, you know, 2004. That's basically the last time that this, like, 2003, 2004, this was the last time. What was going on for you? You really are kind of, like, from the future here to rebuild. And until maybe this moment in time, you you haven't really had, like, carte blanche to do so. Right. But Sarah, what if I tell you, I don't really feel like rebuilding anything anymore. Okay. I, I kind of just want to make money now. Like I really had a shift in the last week or two or That's like the node shift, the node yeah, shift, or like, like felt it. 
I'm literally, like I said next week, I'm not doing stand-up anymore until I'm getting paid for it. I'm not doing things that take hours that don't make me money. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, but so that's enough, though. That is the shift. That is the rebuilding. You don't have to do the actual rebuilding, right? Yeah, but I'm I'm participating back in the capitalist system. I'm, like, recapitalizing myself. Well, right now, it is capitalism. So, like, we have to be – I mean, I was just talking about this with someone the other day, which is, like, you know, how do we be – and anti-capitalist or how do we how do we create a, a new more loving society but also like pay the bills and survive right so while money is still the currency that we use even if we are the most devoted freedom fighters on planet earth we do still have to participate in the capitalist system and that's there's nothing wrong with that i mean i feel the same but i think that what you're saying is actually dead the fuck on which is like I when, when I'm saying to you, like, rebuild the system, I don't mean you have to, like, do anything, but even Good. you just declaring I'm only doing X, Y, and Z if X, Y, and Z, then the world will actually start to, like, shift around you. Or, like, then if we had a conversation, let's just say, to follow up, like we do right now, I could be like, okay, well, so, like, I love that as a plan. How do we actually, like, what would the rules be then? Like, like, because I was actually thinking about this yesterday in the car because I was thinking about open mics. I was having the same thought, which is like, do I want to go do stand up? Like, am I like super motivated? And it's like, no, not really. And it's like, well, why? And it's like, because even if I get paid, I don't get paid that much. And then it's like, yeah, but who, who does deserve to get paid? I mean, at what point, like, cause the way that you get good is open mics, right? Or like is doing unpaid shit. But it's like, so where is that? I was just thinking in my head, like, where's that threshold between like appropriate to get paid versus like, you know, like it's not free labor you're practicing do you know what i mean like where's the like where's the line and i think we both feel that we've crossed the line mm-hmm. but it's it's just so you don't have to we don't have to do anything differently especially taurus north node taurus wants us to do less and do everything more slowly and be more but 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 the thing about taurus that i think we've really let go of over the last at least 18 years but like you know centuries millennia is like on a basic level like what Taurus cares about more than anything is that its needs are met on a basic level. Mm. Taurus need their needs to be met. So what you're saying is exactly right, which is like, look, at the end of the day, I'm not doing anything that doesn't also meet my needs. It doesn't actually give me the thing that I need in order to feel safe or like, I mean, it's not even, it's like literally like basic needs being met. So the reason that Taurus is responsible for finances and money is because in our culture, that has become the currency uh, that we use to make people feel safe or like their needs can be met. In reality, you know, there, there was a time when money didn't exist and Taurus was still an archetype and it, but it was just like grass and strength and, you know, sunlight. And yeah. so that's why I think we're returning to a way more, the next 18 months are going to be us returning to a way more basic nature, a way more basic way of life, not in like a basic way, but in a way of like, oh man, we forgot a lot of these like little micro details that might make it a lot easier to not need so much help surviving like on top of not having these basic needs met. So I was at Sam's house today working on our radio show with our comedy trio, Meet the Junior Misses. Uh, check out the Junior Misses on Spotify. Our album came out last summer and we're doing, a, we're putting a radio show together. And horse girl, I just want to say, horse, if you guys are horse, if you're listening to this pod and you have ever even been near a horse in your life, you're going to want to listen to the horse girl song. It's called I'm a horse girl bitch and it is so fucking good. It's not even been near a horse. It's been near a horse girl. Right, right. Well, either. 
either. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've all been near horse girls. And I love horse girls and I honor them. I want to be one. But so Sam and I were talking about this and he was telling me about this thing I had never heard of before that um, Socrates came up with called the noble lie. And the noble lie is the idea that every person has within themselves either bronze, silver, or gold. And this is why we have bronze, silver, and gold medals. And the idea is the bronze people are the workers. They're born to clean toilets. The silver people are the managerial class or the lawyers or the accountants. And then the gold are the nobility, the people who don't have to work and just have money. And it's a noble lie. It's a lie. So, but this lie exists in every single society that we have a record of. We don't have a record really of any society that was able to actually live out their lives successfully in like a communist way or in a fully egalitarian way. So it's like, it's so weird because it's like, yeah, every, um, and then yesterday it was really funny. You know, those Shen Yun ads that are everywhere for the Chinese like music festival thing. Oh yeah. yeah. I got an ad for it on YouTube for some reason yesterday. And the, and the, the, the little tagline was like, see China before communism. And I was like, wait, what? It's a dance show. I didn't, it was like, wait, now I want to see it, though. I want to say that is good advertising because you have, a, you have officially just compelled me to like at least Google it after this. Right. But I'm like, it, that's very funny. It's really more totalitarianism, not communism. And like people conflate those two things all the time. But totally. the thing is, that thing that Socrates came up with is clearly true because even when you have a communist society, there's people at the top who are who consider themselves better than it and don't have to follow the rules always like Fidel Castro had like mansions and boats and hoes. And, you know, so I don't know. How do we reconcile the fact that we inherently need to rank ourselves in order to keep our species alive, according to what Socrates came up with? And he was a pretty smart dude. So I don't I don't want to go against it. Well, no, I mean, like, I think that is the question. And I think that the problem is that like, so, I mean, I, I, was it Kate that was talking? Kate, if you're listening, was it you that was talking to this, Kate? But it's like, um, this idea that, like, cause societies do, like, class systems aren't inherently bad, right? Like, there is, there is something to being a quote unquote lower class person, having the aspiration. Like, I think we need desire. We need aspiration in order to be happy. So in that way, the class system is helpful because it's like low key, the richest people are actually the most miserable. So it's like, it's not like, no, they're not. Don't, I don't, they're not, but it's, but it's like, we get to, we get to aspire to be like them, but they all hire me, for example, because they're the, the people that can pay me in full price are the most miserable. That's why I don't mind working on a sliding scale with the artists because the artists are like hungry. Like they're like, yeah, yeah like I, whereas like the rich people are just like, what do you mean you want me to hug my pillow? What do you mean you want me to like listen better and be generous? You know what I mean? It's like they're like fucked up around like really basic shit, even though they have all the money and, and it's flip flopped, but it's sort of like, so there's nothing inherently wrong with the class system and there's nothing inherently wrong with there being governing bodies and leadership, et cetera. But I do think that the problem is, is that now we've been in this like financial system for so long. Number one, the dollar is worth literally nothing. So mm. it's not like it, it actually is. It's, it's like, that's the next, that's the, that's the newest noble lie that money is anything or worth I got anything. A, I got a, a latte from Starbucks last time I was in New York. It was seven fifty. Oh, it is. That, that's what it is. I, I, this drink right here was seven fifty. This is a chai latte with two shots of espresso. That's seven fifty. Sure. Well, now even gas, like gas, is like four dollars uh, a gallon now. 
it's always like twice the price here in Europe because they don't want gas guzzling SUVs. So the, the gas is always way more expensive, which I think is great. I and think, all- yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, with like, it's okay maybe to have a class system if there's fluidity within it. Like, well, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's that, what's like, not fair right now. Exactly. Right. Not only does there need to be fluidity within it, but it actually does need to be like based on something. Like, I think when we talk about the mon- the monarchy, part of what is so interesting is that like, it's because it's been carried on so long, like the, the royal family is they're not better than anybody. Like they don't have any great skills. They're not particularly talented. They're not even attractive at this point. So it's like the fact that they just have the money and the power. They, they don't have like gold. They don't have gold in their brains or gold in their blood. They have gold in their vault that they have mm-hmm. been inbreeding for centuries to pass down to each other so that they can keep the money in the vault. So that's where there is no fluidity. And the people that have all of the money don't actually have any extra talent. Like I I have no problem with like actual governing bodies, you know, having more money and also having this, the mental space to think creatively about what's best for all the people. Like if it's actually benevolent leadership, I have no problem with, with, people having money like that's okay if you have a huge responsibility then you can have income to to weigh like like balance out the fine or the mental burden you can have the financial benefits that weigh out the financial burden of actually being a responsible person for other people it's just that nobody does that anymore even now like our government is so much more about just remaining in power than actually being helpful it's it's disgusting and that's what that's what Taurus, that's what this Taurus North Node is, is asking us to, to consider, which is just like, okay, but if we all agreed that like money wasn't the thing, let's just say, what would we do? How would we create new systems? Not, and again, I'm not saying you have to Taurus, but you can just fucking relax and stand firm in like, no, I'm a cow and I eat grass. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm but just it, getting my house in order and making money this year. That is I all it. I care about. And I think that for rich people, we need to bring back noblesse oblige. What's which that? Is- that's when I've told you about this before. Tell me it's again. when rich people back in the day, they were like ashamed to be rich and they were like, we are obligated to provide for the people because we have so much money. And it doesn't really exist anymore because mer- the idea of meritocracy has gotten so out of hand because it's not real. Like the reason why libraries exist in the US is because rich people said we need to make sure people are being educated and this is a way that we can do it. And now it's funded by tax dollars. But like it was Carnegie who Andrew Carnegie, who was like a freaking oil tycoon or whatever. And that's how libraries started. Well, and actually I, okay. So I fucking love that. Could not agree more. And I think that like the difference is looking like, and, I, and I'm not a, I'm not a historian. So like apologize if I'm wrong, cut it if I'm wrong, but it's like Andrew Carnegie, who is an oil tycoon or whatever. He actually, number one, built his empire, made his money and then was in his mind, a responsible leader. Like I, the issue now is that everybody is in such a panic about losing their money or not having their money that now the, the sort of, why do we want to do nepotism celeb of the week? Because now mm-hmm. it's like whoever is just being passed on this money, not only didn't, didn't make it themselves, but doesn't feel any sort of responsibility to anybody else because they're not coming from that perspective. Like you look at someone like, like many of the founders of our country or not, I don't even mean founders of our country, but like, you know, when we look at, I mean, I've watched those hours of like history channel, like the men who built America series, right? I love mm-hmm. all those, but it's like a lot of them come from nothing and 
you know, the Napoleon Hill book or did whatever they could do to actually innovate in the country or innovate in multiple countries and then create a different sort of infrastructure for us to survive on. And then they had all this money and then they, right, they built libraries, they gave back, they felt responsible to the culture, which I think now the issue is because the money is just so passed along. Nobody feels responsible to anybody else, but keeping their money because there is so much fear in this space. Yeah. And I love this idea of like, yeah, it's a shame if you're rich. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, you know, it's trickle trickle down economics doesn't work is not a thing, but it is sort of like the reasoning behind it, right? It's like, well, if you if you let the money, if you let the rich people keep all the money, then like it's it's more likely that they'll hire more people and the money will trickle down. It's like no fucking way because everybody, yeah, no. everyone's in such a fear state that we just do everything we can to not trickle money down. And they're going to be hiring like maids that they paid twenty grand a year, you know, like right. it's going to be right. that have been with not- the family for years and feel lucky to be there. Right. It's terrible. And also, like, don't get me wrong, Andrew Carnegie and the Rockefellers, they were all still hoarding wealth to an obscene obscene degree, but at least they were doing something. And now we can't even we can't even trust our government to redistribute wealth properly. Literally, we cannot. Speaking of nepotism celebs of the week. (laughs) Now, that's a good intro. Yeah. um, Britney Spears' sister... Jamie Lynn, uh, she's on a bit of a press tour trying to, you know, protect her good name, I guess. I don't really know what the goal is. You, so she, she did the Today Show, or no, she did GMA. She did Good Morning America. And, and then she did Nightline. Oh, I didn't see the Nightline. I saw Nightline. And then she did Call Me Daddy. Yeah. Is it call me daddy, call her daddy, call you daddy? Oh, I have no idea. I I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know. Yeah, it's normally a bit of a no for me, that that show. (laughs) Yeah, I've never watched until I just looked this up. Yeah, like I listened to this one, which was, and I have to say, she, the girl, the host, Alex Cooper, she, it was a great interview. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. It made me really good. I don't know her and I don't know enough about the show, but I know there's been like a lot of controversy or whatever. This, I liked her in this. Yeah. And, and I liked hers. Her episode with Holly Madison was really good too. I just can't handle the way she says, Daddy gang. Daddy gang. (laughs) And I'm just like, ah, this makes me want to crawl up my own butt and die. Like, I can't. But, you know, it takes, it takes all, it takes all types. Yeah, it takes all types. So I really liked her on Call Her Daddy. I, it kind of made me root for Jamie Lynn. Well, this is, I'm so excited that to talk about this with you because I had very mixed feelings. I mean, I, well, why do you say that? Give me, and actually, if anybody didn't watch, give us like the sort of, give us a, a, a media rundown of some of the stuff because a lot, I mean, there's been a huge amount of, it's almost like, how do we even dive into this? Because like between those three interviews and then we, let alone the book, I mean, she can't possibly have even more in the book, but it's right. like, she gave us a lot to discuss in these, within these three podcasts. I mean, bombshell stuff, so to speak. And then Brittany and Brittany and Jamie have been in a, now public feud about it so like what was your takeaway from the like if you're like this was jamie's message overall like why did why do you err on the side of jamie now it's not that i err on her side over anyone else it's just that i kind of feel bad for her that everyone's everyone's just using her as a scapegoat now and even when when the first britney documentary came out last summer or whenever it was and everybody was like it's so terrible how we do this to women blah 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 and it's like now you're doing it again to jamie lynn and like we thought when the when all that stuff happened with britney 
the whole guise we were doing it under was she's a bad mom and her children are in trouble and she's a bad role model for for children. So this was like, there was a self-righteous thing about the Britney stuff. It was motivated by sexism, classism, because she's from Louisiana, like things like that for well, sure. And racism because like it be, she happened to be friends with like a couple of Middle Eastern guys and that's really what sent her family into the ultimate panic. Right. So it was motivated by all this stuff, but we all pretended that it was concern. We were, we were pearl clutching and concern trolling. Oh, it's bad for girls to watch her. I saw a TikTok where Eminem is saying that her music is bad for kids. I was like, bro, you made an entire rap song about murdering your girlfriend. Rap song. It's the album and it's the mother of his child. Right. Like what's bad for, ch- oh, oh, your daughter might wear a, a belly shirt if she watches a Britney Spears video. Oh, boo hoo. But so like we're doing, my point is that we're doing the same pitchfork mob thing with Jamie Lynn now. Like if yeah. you, and she makes a point a few times in these different interviews, like at least the tabloids had the balls to put their name on the the controversial things they were saying about Britney because now it's anonymous Instagram commenters and they're doing the same shit. And like everyone on Twitter and Instagram is like, Jamie Lynn, you're just using your sister to be famous, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I, I do think it's probably in poor taste for her to come out with a book that, you know, she, she wouldn't be this famous if it wasn't for Britney. She probably wouldn't be famous at all if it wasn't for Britney. But at the same time, she like their fame started when she was so young and also she put her eight-year-old daughter on an atv by herself i don't know if jamie lynn's got really the cognitive wherewithal that we would like her to have like no the atv thing like i I was confused by it like i actually had to do some deep googling because i kept reading it or hearing that sentence and it didn't I, I couldn't understand. Like, I was just looking for some proof that she, the kid wasn't on the ATV by herself. Like, I was looking for any kind of, she was on with the husband. She was on with, like, yeah, like, you're, the big moment in your life that had you wake up and realize, like, everything was that your, your literal child was driving heavy machinery and, and turned it over. No shit, she turned it over. Like, what, eight years old? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Like, like, at the end of the day, like, whatever you want to say about Jamie Lynn, and this is not any fault of her own, but she is sort of an idiot. Right. And, like, she says on call her daddy that, she knew from the time she doesn't remember a time not knowing that she was an accident for her parents. Yeah. Also really funny. She said, I always wondered why Brittany and Brian had matching names and my name was just Jamie Lynn. They just, you know, pulled whatever two names because it's my dad's name, and my mom's name. And I'm like, how dumb are your parents? They had nine months to think of a brandy. Brianna, anything. And they, and they, they were in the freaking delivery room. Oh, I guess it'll be Jamie Lynn. Like, this is this is a family that I don't think all right, now let me be a real <laughs> this is a bronze family. <laughs> well, okay, you just read no, that's my terrible. Well, no, but it's like, but that's but but here's the thing. No, this is a bronze family, but in our culture, because we are so sick, they are the gold family. Because Yeah, but they have they have all the money. They I mean, they have been working but they have, you know, I mean, if you were talking, looking at Socrates's, Socrates, I don't like the way that sounds, but Socrates, Socrates, 
Socrates theory, Jamie Lynn then becomes the gold star of the family because she has literally had to do less than everybody. And it's right, just but I mean, the so- Socrates theory doesn't speak to people's actual metal. Do you know what? It, and I mean that M E T T L E. Like it doesn't right, really right, right, right. speak to what's actually on the inside because I think from the beginning of time, the aristocracy and the nobles were probably dumber than everyone underneath them. Like once in a while, there's a really smart one. Like Elon Musk clearly is really smart and he's a son of an emerald miner. Like, but that's rare. Usually they're dumbasses. So like, I think it, it's probably been this way forever that the people with the most money are kind of dodos. Like I, but I think, yeah, the, the Spears family, they just were not equipped to handle this sudden burst in fame, notoriety, money, and power. Like listening to Jamie Lynn describe how when she got pregnant, she wasn't allowed to tell Brittany. She wasn't allowed to tell anyone. They lied to her about her being able to see her boyfriend anymore. And they brought her to some house. She doesn't even know what state it was in. And she had to pay for it. And she doesn't even know who made these decisions because right. her mom wasn't sticking up for her. And her well, mom and was they just, were like begging her to abort it. Right. And like, I don't know. It's just like, man, who was in charge? Who was at the wheel with this? Like, you well, kind of... But this is the issue that who was at the wheel, like, even though, she, you know, Jamie Lynn is in there going, I don't know. I mean, that whole call her daddy thing was a whole lot of I don't knows at the end of the day. Right. Which I think is telling. But at the same time, it's like, actually, her manager is still Lou Taylor. And who was <gasps> making those decisions? Lou Taylor. That's who was making those right. decisions. Was Lou Taylor always her manager? Um, That's a great question. I think we could probably Google it. I don't know. But I do know that Lou Taylor was TriStar Entertainment owned Britney for a huge portion of like her entire come up. Then there was like some break. And then when the conservatorship happened, Lou Taylor came back on staff. Right. So I think this is a big time Lou Taylor production. And I think even and Chris now Center, friends with her. I'm not that surprised. I know, but it makes me sad. I know. We're gonna say sorry. Well, it's just that like, I think at the end of the day, like, Part of, I think, the problem with the Jamie... I mean, there's a lot to... I have many thoughts. There's a lot to discuss. But I do think that when Jamie is saying... When Jamie Lynn is saying, I didn't know what was happening to me or around me or with me or what was paid for by what or who... You know, I believe her. But I don't think that she still doesn't know about that. So it's like... In in one of the interviews she was saying, like, I think it was the Good Morning America interview, she was saying that they were like, why did you write this book? you know, now or whatever. Now, the real question is, why did you write this book now? And why couldn't you have held off a year in order to publish it? Okay, these are all valid questions. But one of the things that she said was just that she wanted to give her younger self a voice. Like like young Jamie Lynn literally never had a voice, never had a say in almost anything about her childhood. And so she was really giving her younger self a voice. That said, she's not her younger self anymore. So it's like, Coming from the point of view, like, it's almost like when she was in the, in the call for daddy interview or whatever and all the interviews, it's almost like she's reverting back to her younger self playing this I don't know game. But it's like, Jamie, you know the answers now. Right. You're on a speaking basis with your mom and your mom has to remember who made the decisions that her first grandchild was 
like when her first grandchild was about to be born. Like, right. I, I don't know if it was her first, but you know, and well, and, yeah. and it, we know that you still are in a business relationship. I mean, as, as little as like a year ago, we have pictures of like your dad cozying up to Lou Taylor, who looks exactly like your mom. Like mm-hmm. Lou Taylor is the puppeteer in all of this in big ways. You know that she's the one that set this up for you. So like, you know, you could say, I didn't know then, but to, but to now come in and go, and I still don't know. I take like it's almost like she's like absolving herself of full responsibility. Now I think it's okay to absolve your child self of full responsibility, but then be, mm-hmm. but then also be the adult sitting there going, and now here's where I'm at with it, you know, or or here's the truth now that I now here's what I thought then. Here's now the true truth, and here's my position. But she has no position. She has no higher level truth. Truth, and even in this adult like conversation when they're asking questions a lot of the answers are still oh, i don't know i'm just a kid and it's like well you're not a kid anymore and not to mention like okay i gotcha it hurt your it hurt your heart that your parents just named you jamie lynn because it was like jamie and lynn but two things number one i i got the impression that when they decided to keep her even though she was an accident they kept her and it was sort of like um i think the name was a because, like, if we look at the story of Jamie and Lynn Spears, just the parents, they've been mm-hmm. together since high school. You know, he was obviously like an abusive drunk and, you know, but in whatever toxic their relationship is. And, you know, we know that they're from like backwoods, Mississippi, like who knows what normal is there. Right. They were not having an easy time breaking up despite how uh, apparently abusive or allegedly abusive he was. So yeah. I do think that when they had Jamie Lynn naming her Jamie Lynn, I don't think it was like a oopsies we forgot to even think about naming her let's just put him together I right think like a, we're, we're keeping a jamie lynn to save the relationship of jamie lynn right so do you think she knows that and she's pretending yes. like this is another woe is me moment yes like because i think it's that's such a stupid story oh my parents couldn't even think of a br name for me and, th- and that proves that i've been kicked to the curb since i was in utero right so i think that that is where jamie is reaching that that's what i'm saying like if, if she was just sharing her sob stories or, or, or if that story was like when I was a kid, the way it felt was looking back now, I'm not like for her to be hung up on not having a burr name is a little bit like, but like that's, this, this is ridiculous. It's a little petty. Yeah. Who cares? Not to mention though, she got married to somebody named Jamie. So now are you still like, like it's one thing to be, if you're upset that your name is Jamie. Then marrying someone named Jamie isn't actually a uh, a logical choice. <laughs> What's going on with the names in Cantwood? Well, dude, that's what I'm saying. Though it's like it's like Jamie. Like you could spin this story a, a a lot of different ways, and in fact, you've made choices to attach. Not only are is your mom and dad Jamie and Lynn, but your husband is Jamie. Like. You need a, there's a better, there's a better storyline here that you as a songwriter should be able to come up with where it's like, actually, I realized this is my birth, my birthright is to be a Jamie. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it should be like, I live for Jamie's and like, I'm so grateful I'm not a burr because the burrs are all fucked up. And, you know, so I think in that way, that's, that's the whole issue. I think that like Jamie Lynn, does she deserve a voice? Absolutely. Listening to her, did I have sympathy for her? Absolutely. But, but. It was also just like, I don't know. It's a little bit like know your role. And if it were me, which I, it's really easy to say because I couldn't possibly relate to the story less in, in all areas. Yeah. Okay. But if, but I, I like to think if it were me, 
like, because one of the, one of the people asked her and kept asking her like, yeah, but why now? Everybody asked her, why are you doing this book now? She really didn't have an answer except that I think, I believe it was on Nightline, the interviewer got her to say why now? And what she said, or maybe it was Good Morning America. She said, I had been, I've been writing this book for a few years and this was always going to be the launch time. Like I, separate of Britney's, um, separate of Britney's being freed from the whatever. This was the conservatorship. And she was like, I didn't want to keep, like it it occurred to me, maybe I should postpone the launch of the book, but I didn't want to do something again, just because like my sister now like had something going on. So then I had to take a backseat again. Like I made the date that it was coming out. I wanted to complete it because I said I was going to complete it at this time. That might be true. But like, it's stupid. What a stupid, hold off a year for your own sake. Like, you're not going to get any less famous. People are still going to be interested. So like, for you to do it right now is a little bit like, I don't know. I think I would say, hey, let's give it six months. Right. I mean, clearly she's capitalizing on this moment. She's trying to get her her version of events out before any sort of other lawsuits come come out. You know, she's trying to sort of poison the well with i mean poison the well is a bad choice of words but she's trying to get in front of the story before she has trying to get in front of the story is exactly right yeah and i i do feel for her with saying you know i idolized my sister she was like a second mom to me her they have 10 years between them so it must have been weird and she talks about in call her daddy the really weird power dynamics at play in her household like Brittany having to say to her mom, I'll buy you a mansion so that you can divorce dad, but you have to divorce dad. And then they get, they get the divorce to get the mansion and the dad is there on night one. It's like, that's really messed up. And to be a little, little, little girl, like again, 10 years younger than your closest sibling in age and have this chaos swirling around you and all of these people not really being adults at all. It must be like, then when the time comes that, oh, it turns out Brittany needs to have us watch over her, blah, blah, blah. You would not know your ass from your elbow, even like, especially because she was 17 and just had her kid right when the conservatorship started. Well, I I also understand where she wanted that kid. Yeah, yeah, because she she felt like she didn't even have, like, at least she had a shot here that this kid would be her family. Right. Her parents really were just like swept up in all the, like the Britney stuff and I don't know. I just want to know what the hell went through her parents' minds ever. It's, it's well, just I'll crazy. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. They're high school sweethearts. They didn't go to college. The father has a fledgling drinking problem that, that becomes worse and worse and worse over the course of many years when they realize that Brittany not only has talent, but has the like grit and the, like, I don't think that Jamie and Lynn were like, I know we're going to pop out a baby and she's going to be a superstar. I do think that like, and even in Brittany's chart, like her karma was to like, it was Brittany going, drive me here, take me there. She was that self-motivated kid that was like, I've got the goods, take me there. You don't, you don't think Lynn was a stage mom? No, I don't think they were stage parents at all. I think they lucked out with yeah. this kid. And then what happened was... And, and they backed into it, like ass backwards, no idea what to... And they're like, well, we don't really have like real jobs or whatever. So right. we might have... Yeah. They had no... They had no... I mean, even look, like like Desi, like she has a baby, right? He's four now. He's gorgeous. We joke all the time. I'm just like, take him to take him to the Gap open call auditions, take him to Baby Gap, take him to Baby Benetton yeah. because he looks sort of, he's, he's, you know, Bolivian. He looks like a world, you know, world child. And it's like, Desi, like, we're, let's like, and, and 
she we've joked about it but like she would do it like we literally sometimes mm-hmm. are like but then it's like it's not that easy anymore to just break your kid into child like but we would 100 we've agreed like let's exploit the baby so that the baby can have a better life like so so i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with being like okay the the child could be the the breadwinner although i mean I, it, it is a little bit troublesome but in this case yeah i think totally it's get a, it where it's, it's a tricky place to put a kid in yeah it's a tricky place to put a kid but i think in this case i don't think they put her there i think that she I think that she was totally self-motivated and was like, I'm going to do this. And even to the point where like the mom and the dad, before they were making money, they couldn't even leave. Felicia Collada took her to all the interviews. The mom's best friend took her to New York back and forth because the parents were so working class working that they just, they literally like were struggling to survive. I think as Jamie's alcoholism got worse, uh, the money became more important because then you're not only like just protecting and you know supporting a family, but you're also keeping everybody out of trouble. And you're also, you know, supporting somebody's drug problem. So someone's addiction, you know, they became total enablers. And I think that for Lynn Spears, you know, it's not, it's not a flattering look, but look, we see it all the time where like you have these people that are in love with their, I mean, it's why all the memes, it's why all the narcissist memes. It's like, I think Jamie, I think Lynn Spears loved Jamie Spears in high school and he became an awful uh, father and an awful husband, but it's like when that's the only person you've ever had sex with, when that's the only person you like, I mean, I, I stay in relationships way too long. You know, like I totally get the instinct to be like, well, they're struggling with something or they have an issue. Like for Brittany to have to say, if you divorce dad, I'll buy you the house. And for them to say yes, and then have the dad come over. It's actually like the kernel of the beginning of how painful this has been for Brittany the entire fucking time. Can you imagine doing everything you can to try to pay your way out of your relationship with your father and then get trapped in a relationship where you're actually just paying him to trap you? I mean, it's like, oh, like that is so fucking painful. Like, holy shit. Like that is where I can't imagine. And I do think that like Jamie Lynn, like, sure, you deserve to have your voice heard. You deserve to put this all out there. You're avoiding lawsuits, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, Jamie, we don't like I I could do without her story. Like we actually can imagine how I I don't think she was ever like super villainized in a way that she would be less villainized now, you know, because it's not like she's saying anything that's so like, wow, really? Like what she's saying is shit we already know, which is like the whole thing to me, if anything, is just reminding us like I was a kid. I was a kid. I was a kid. Right, but like it does, it does sort of make me see just what a shit show their parenting was yeah. and just how much both of their daughters' fame was a runaway train and they had no control over it and they had no desire to put people in control of it who actually knew what the hell they were doing. Well, so all they, they ended saw up- it as was dollar bills. That's the whole thing. All they saw, they were just like, Lou knows how to keep the money. Get Lou in here. Right. And like they just, they just saw Britney's career as, like a problem to be managed mm-hmm. instead of what it was, which was like a once in a lifetime. Like she has a talent. She's the kind of person where she's just so arresting and charismatic. Arresting that is when, the word. Yeah. Right. Like even when she was on Mickey Mouse Club, like just the life that just came out of her, she just was so, she was such a performer. And I look at that and she's effervescent. She bubbles over yeah. with, with charisma. Yeah. Right. And I look at that and I'm like, why do I ever get on a stage? <laughs> like, I do not have that. And like, no amount of training or skill can give you that. She just has it's it. It's that like it factor. Yeah. And she has it more than like anyone really in our generation. Even like, because I feel like even Beyonce is 
so much more measured and controlled. Like she's got the, she's got a full command of what she's doing, but it's not the same sort of like, and I could watch Britney watch paint dry. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, why Britney's Instagram over these past few years has been so interesting because like, I mean, we were joking the other day, like I wish she had, you know, she did that picture where she like put a little heart emoji like over her pussy or whatever, but like, it's like her tattoos are showing and it's like an arrow pointing to, it's just like, ah, yeah. like, like she would be at this point, like, like we would think she was less mentally ill if she just had better taste. I think it was like a funny, just like, like she's yeah. not, but it's like when you watch her, her Instagram, like as whatever you want to say, like crazy or stupid or whatever, it's like, actually like she's really doing something that no one else is doing, which is like sharing vulnerably, like to put up those dances and show us that they've been edited. I don't know. I feel like even now in this like chaotic, you know, conservatorship and now freedom, she is still leading the pack in, doing things first in a more interesting way even if you look she was controversial then during baby one more time they were like why is she wearing a schoolgirl outfit she's a hoe we're gonna get in trouble for watching this you know why did she kiss madonna mm. it was a it was a kitsch it was a she needed shtick or whatever and it's like no like even now we're like why is she dancing freely in her home why is she showing us who she really is it's like um I do think that so she's true. giving us a real mirror to to check ourselves and just go, oh, you know what? Like the reason I'm triggered is because there's something about myself that I'm protecting in terms of my image. And she's actually just being more real than me. Now, that being said, right. the whole and the whole kerfuffle about her sexuality was just people being scared for nothing. It was like, what if young girls see this and wear a crop top? What if? Then what? Then you have little girls wearing crop tops. That's it. Well, That's all. Not to mention, like, fast forward 20 years, you guys never expected they were going to be wearing animal rubber bands that meant I'll suck your dick in the bathroom. I don't know if you missed that phase, but there was that phase where everyone was wearing those, like, they're called like jelly bands or something. And it was like, yeah, but there's the red no men. True. No, I do think it's true. Like red men. No, no. I think it was like a way that kids were communicating about sex and about like at parties. It was like, if you're wearing this kind of band. No, I, I think that was true. But, but all I'm saying is that like, that wasn't because of Britney. Right, right, right. It's like, there's always going to be ways. I mean, look, even when we were growing up, there's, there's, there's certain language or vernacular that we use where, you know, you up is like the most tame version now that we all can agree is like the thing in the 30 podcast called you up but it's like you know uh well we all we all pretend that like teenagers aren't sexual right. and they are, they are. Like, it was only a hundred years ago less than a hundred years ago that like girls got married and started popping out kids at 14 and right. now suddenly like oh no you're supposed to be a nun until you're 25 like what are we doing like come on it's it's just really silly and to act like people are only going to be sexual if they watch the baby one more time video it's like no it's called hormones you start getting horny and then you start doing stuff with age-appropriate kids ideally you know right. <laughs> ideally yeah yeah in, in the perfect world you fuck people you're right uh, unless there's like creep Unless there's like creepy men patrolling your school and looking for for girls. But even but then, yeah. though, like Britney wasn't actually a bad example in that way. The person that she dated was her absolute peer. I mean, Justin Timberlake right. couldn't have been a more perfect. And, and I guess this is where, OK, a few things. So so Jamie Lynn is doing these interviews. Britney now is calling her scum in public. She's like, did you read all the Britney responses? I did not read all of them. It's just like, you know, it's all just a little bit i mean this i guess is like a stupid thing to say a, a moot point but it's like it's all just so trashy <laughs> like it's like you know and we're not judging we love it space trash we're trashy but it's like it's raw it's raw it's raw it's public it's 
And then like there were some moments too where like when so Jamie Lynn in the book talks about and then she talked about in the interviews a time where Brittany was so afraid of their father that she grabbed a knife and then she took uh, Jamie Lynn into the bathroom to hide them. Right. It seems as mm-hmm. though Brittany misunderstood this part of the story because then in the in the public you know, shaming of Jamie Lynn that she did. She's like, how dare you? You're scum for saying this, Jamie Lynn. And like, you know, I would never with the babies around. I've never been there with a knife with you. And it's like, even I just listening was going, no, not with the babies around. This was when you were 15. Like she's telling a story. Yeah. So like Brittany is also on this like trigger. Like she's not, act- I'm not going to read the book and I never will. I didn't watch the interviews and I won't, but I do know that this is my response to it. It's like, ah, yeah, you got her. The great the thing is like Britney Spears is going to get canceled at some point probably this year. Like she she's just you well, know, she's, just she's teetering a- on the edge of because it's like this bout this I think there's like a it's like a trampoline effect of being so silenced that now she's like fuck it, I'm saying everything. Jamie Lynn, you're scum. Everyone should be arrested. Like here's my yeah. here's my butt cheeks. <laughs> it's like and right, I'm not right. saying she should get canceled. I'm just saying like she's such a loose cannon now loose. that like it's gonna happen. She's gonna say something that we're all gonna have to either ignore or then it's gonna be the watershed moment where we're like, you know what, we're not canceling people anymore because now, Brittany did it. That would be an awesome. I that is something I had not thought about. I I would love that to be the like the sort of like takeaway from this like if actually we stop canceling people because we have so much space for britney that we're not because i could i could argue even before she gets canceled pre-cancelization of britney i could argue that she's uncancelable only because we did cancel her for 13 years so now if it seems like she's just emerging from the bomb shelter like you know she's fucking brendan fraser and blast from the past it's because we did that it's we understand where she's not woke she's been like literally in a coma for 13 years so yeah she actually might say things that are like off color or they're insulting or that are you know cancelable offenses and we're gonna have to forgive her for them because if not then we're kind of just victim blaming all over again yeah i mean it's all crumbling already you know my stance when demi lovato said alien is an offensive word and you should say et that was the beginning of the end of (laughs) language of cancel culture it's it's going down it's going down we're not gonna have to deal with this for for too much longer it's really funny yeah because i think the whole thing with cancel culture and this is actually kind of interesting i want to do the charts but when we talk about the other uh story du jour today we're we're talking about cancel culture again right and here's the and we're talking about it with mary cosby last week it's like to me the thing with cancel culture is that like if people say insulting shit that's that's not nice fine but it's about the intention right so like if you're actually trying to be mean or you're actually being a blatant like over-the-top racist because you genuinely think that you have supremacy over other people or that there's your that you're you know what i mean like if you or if you're like a guy who's just like believes in rape culture for what it's natural you know what i mean like whatever like argument you could make then you should be canceled because you're a danger to people like that's where cancel culture makes sense to me because it's like oh if you're just like telling us if 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 bundy was like yeah actually i every girl i sleep with i end up fucking killing and putting in my trunk it would be like okay we got to cancel this guy like that's an that's an auto okay thing to say and and 
he's doing right. We never canceled for the right things. Like right. Marilyn Manson was telling us for right. years right. that he was a disgusting creep. Exactly. And we were all like, no, no, no it's his art. It's he's an artist. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. And like Dave Chappelle makes that point with the baby. Like he killed someone in a Walmart and no one cared. And then he said he used a slur and and suddenly it's like, I don't know. That is really funny to me. I'm sorry. Oh, I think it's a I think it's a great joke. I think it's very funny. And I think that like it, it that is what we're saying, which is that like I don't have a problem with canceling people if we're canceling people for being uh like dangers or but, right, like Bill Cosby. Yes. Yes, cancel him. The dude was a rapist. He was a serial rapist. Un unacceptable right but i think yeah. that like when we're making like off-color jokes or we're using certain language or we're using the wrong pronouns or whatever so long as that you're not so long as you're not coming from like a, a mean place I, I don't know i don't think that most people that are walking around in society are actually like evil or are trying to be hurtful i mean there are people in my life who definitely like you know make like racial jokes or gender jokes or whatever and it's like yeah hypothetically if i don't say something and i usually say something but it's like if i don't say something then like i'm okay i'm i'm part of the the problem where like we are allowing racism or sexism or classism to to remain and it's like yes i get that but also like sometimes that's why i stuck up for mary Cosby because it's like at the end of the day like those are punchlines. she's she's you know she's a demented person it's like she isn't actually like coming out to try to like get like kill all the black people that are at 7-Elevens like she was just making a comment like she was you know or sometimes when people make I know I just don't think she we disagree about this but I just don't think think she's really mean you think she's trying to be hurtful no I think what you're saying is true that she has a completely skewed worldview that makes absolutely no sense and we can never even begin to understand it she married her father right but like also she could take a little bit better accountability for some of the stuff like sure. you know yes absolutely but i just i just feel like in general like the, i think instead of it being like cancel culture's over or like we're going more in on woke when we're canceling everybody i think like i think what is good about this even this Jamie Lynn story is that it it's sort of like inviting us all to you know, color in the, the picture, color, color in the lines a little bit more so that we actually understand what people are trying to say, what people are trying to communicate without like even Brittany calling Jamie scum for sharing this story. But then Brittany's obviously misunderstanding the story, even from my purview. I can see that. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, okay, are both of their feelings valid? Absolutely. But like, you know, Brittany doesn't get to be the righteous hero because, because she's been through more and misunderstand you don't get to call jamie lynn scum on the internet but be wrong in like not that jamie lynn is or is not scum but like for for the story that she pointed out like actually she was wrong like that isn't what the story that jamie lynn was telling she was talking she wasn't talking about something recent she was talking about something from the fucking 90s right also like text it to her right don't do it in public like ugh. yeah it's all tacky it's contributing to the pitchfork mob of people yelling at Jamie Lynn and saying that, like, oh, blah, 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 you're being such a victim. And it's like, well, she was a victim of some really shitty parenting yep. and incredibly strange circumstances throughout her entire upbringing. Now, she got a TV show out of it. She doesn't seem to understand that her, like, most people have, you know, she would be working at, like, Bad Denny's. Pie, right. Right. Like she, she was saying in the call her daddy interview, she's like, yeah, I had to put a really tall fence around my house. And I'm like, well, 
congratulations because you have a mansion with a giant fence around it and you can afford the security. Right. And like, like, poor you. You're so famous that you need a huge fence to cover your huge house because people are interested in you. Right. And, and I just really hope on part two of the Call Her Daddy interview, there's a real discussion of how much money she has actually gotten. And I'm sure that's not going to happen. But like, she's that's why she's laying this groundwork now of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's the people who in charge you make these decisions. She's doing what Megan and Harry did in the Oprah interview. Oh, which is, yeah. Oh, it's the, it's the institution. And it's like, no, this isn't like... There are people who are doing these things and you are one of the most powerful people in this situation and you have the power to figure out who's doing this and why and to fire them if you don't like the way they're doing it. So like it's it's really shady to pretend that the, that it's forces bigger than you when you are the force. Well, that's you the thing, the right? Power. Now she's an adult. Like as a kid, right. that's like if the book was all about speaking for her younger self and then there was some like and right, we could, we'll have to see in part two. I don't, I didn't watch it. It's, it came out yesterday, right? But, um, it's like, it's like, you can give younger self a voice, but I wish that there was a little bit more just like accountability from the adult part of her because it's as if she's not participating in the culture anymore. And she is like, you're now just like, it's, it's like she's really leaning back into this, like, I'm just that little girl still. And it's like, no, you're not. You're a mother. You have two little girls. You're married. You're 30. You're 30. You're married to someone with the same name as you. And you have more than enough money to survive forever and ever, ever without writing this book. So there had better be some kind of a, a reason for it or some, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it is a little I love how stuck like, you are on her marrying the guy. With I'm the same so name. bothered by it. It, it, it. I don't think it's that weird. I just, I only think it's weird because the name like not only is her father's name jamie and her name jamie but she has a problem with it well she's inventing that she doesn't have a real problem with it she's making it up but that's what i'm saying that's why like it's so blatantly stupid it's like dude you obviously don't like resent the name jamie you fell in love with jamie your your children have two parents that are you think it's bad that you're jamie lynn and your parents are jamie and lynn your parents your kids parents names are jamie and jamie well, like, for instance, I dated a guy with the same name as my dad, and that was so fucking weird. Well, I hated it. But like, Molly. I wasn't going to not date him because of a weird name similarity. Yeah, but it's not that it's her dad's name. It's that it's her name, too. Okay, okay. I'm looking at the the post that Brittany made about Jamie and everything, and it's a little hard to understand and hard to parse. I know. But she says, yeah. Mama had been lazy with me, but I'm sorry. You deserved way more than a purse knocked at you by mama. She should have whipped your ass. Poor mama took it too, just like I did in the end. She worshipped you too much, I know. But if you came out of my stomach, I would have popped the shit out of your little ass. I mean, right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Brittany's, like, not helping. Right. At all. I mean, because also, it's unclear what she's talking about. Yeah, she's kind of... I feel like she's saying that... She feels that Jamie Lynn was coddled and Jamie Lynn feels that her parents' lives revolved around Britney's career. So it's like both of those can be true in their eyes because like right. probably everyone thinks that their parents favored their other sibling, you know? Like I definitely think that they coddled Casey more than me. Like, and she probably thinks that I got more attention because I was the older one. Like, so I get it. But yeah, it is just messy to be playing this out in public. But I think it's, it's hilarious that she said, I would have popped the shit out of your ass. Like, Jesus. 
Well, but that's so fucking weird and sad about it. It's like they are saying the same thing to each other about each other, which is basically just like, no, you were their favorite. No, you were their favorite. No, you were their favorite. Or like, no, you had it easier. No, you had it easier. No, you had it easier. Which is why ultimately I do think that Jamie's book is an unnecessary uh, an entry into the lexicon, if that's the right way to phrase it. Because it's like, Jamie, like, yes, do you does your voice deserve to be heard? Absolutely. Are we clearly talking to and about a traumatized whether she's a, a narcissist or not like are we talking to someone who's been traumatized by their upbringing absolutely are we talking mm. to someone who's currently being traumatized by the by the media storm s- still about her sister absolutely but neither of them are doing anything to help what they claim that the actual problems are right and it's just everyone so Right. It's so immature. And it's just everything was done to me. I never did a single thing wrong. And that's just right. the, that's the red flag that like, like if anyone ever interviewed me about my life and was like, you know, did you make mistakes? Blah, blah, blah. I, like you would be like, yes, of course. But like, this is just, I mean, this is how you get famous. You don't get famous by being a normal fucking person or 100%. else we would be EGOTs by now. Right. And we will be still, but that's because we're going to be egots, but that's because like the culture is changing and because out of Africa is going to be so fucking good. But what I will say is like the one thing about Jamie's performance in these interviews that I am bothered by, there are two things I'm specifically bothered by. Then we can look at the chart and and you can go to bed or whatever. But thing number one, and we got to talk about Jenny. And we got to talk about Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay, thing number one is like, if you are going to write about how scary your father was or tell the like these details of like, yeah, well, we got the mansion because Brittany had to pay my father to basically leave the family. And then he didn't even leave for for Jamie Lynn then to have no comment on the conservatorship other than I didn't know what was going on is absurd because it's like even on a basic like human to human level, if you were that afraid of your father, how could you think that he would be a responsible legal like guardian and conservator for your sister like the one thing that everybody in the family seems to agree on is that jamie spears is a monster so why Mm -hmm. is that what jamie could say i didn't know what was going on but yes from the beginning of all this it was uncomfortable because my father is clearly a uh is an is an abusive predator right or whatever right malignant narcissist who actually just is using everybody in the family to to maintain his uh, bad habits. That's like what it, what it is, right? Yeah. So for her to have no comment, that's where it's like, I do think that this is, um, is a cash grab by Jamie. I do think that, that she has, well, the great train is running out. Well, yes, except that like, it, that's the, it's, it's, it's not only because like, if Jamie Lynn published this book two years from now, it would still be, in fact, she might actually have a better time promoting the book because people would be like, oh, we've, it's like, it's like how we kind of miss, like, Loki, we miss Trump a little bit. Only just because, not that he was a good president, but it's like Biden is so boring. Like, we could trash him too, but boy, Trump was funny up there. He was funny up there. He was doing a lot of fucked up stuff, but in a, in such a, in such a comical, fun way that it, you know oh, what I mean? No. It's like, who's peeing? Yes, fuck. <laughs> How do we potty train this dog? I don't really understand, to be honest. Like, that's something that eludes me. Like, like the pee pad thing, right? Because like, we have pee pads here, too, like, in case the dogs, like, pee, you know, when we're out or whatever. And they don't always pee on the pee pads. But it's like, I don't understand how to communicate to a dog, like, this is where you pee pee if you pee in the house, if we don't want them to pee in the house anyway. 
you know, yeah. Oscar has no concept that outside equals P. Like right. the only reason he goes to the bathroom outside is because we take him out every two hours. That's right, literally you're, you're, you're just happened to be outside. Right. Exactly. Like he uh-huh. has no clue what even outside means. Like, I don't know what to do. And like my parents have successfully potty trained three dogs and they are like one step above Jamie and Lynn. You know, <laughs> so I, I'm like, how am I not able to do this? Well, because if they're one step above Jamie and Lynn, that makes you Brittany. Right. Well, I am Brittany and I'm Kim. Right. You're Brittany. You're Kim. You're kind of, yeah, you are this like sort of, you're carrying the weight. You're carrying the earth weight of the family's uh, fortune in the, for the future. All right. Tell us about the the charts of these of these Wait, gals one other thing i want to say that bothers me about about jamie lynn because i made a comment to you earlier in this week about about plastic surgery where i was like you know if anything if i was ever going to make a case for someone that needs plastic surgery is jamie lynn now what i found out during this time is that she's had it so if you watch those interviews the videos that you watch you can see when she's crying that her face is very much very much not moving in but a way that has done well, I don't know if she's had any like work work done, but she's definitely full of filler and she's definitely full of Botox, which again, oh, not, who isn't? Well, I'm just saying that like, it's it, it just like it makes a case for like for all the money in the world. Like she does have enough money to get good work done. Like number one, I can't believe that she hasn't had plastic surgery because she looks awful. Second of all, I can't believe that what we're seeing from her in these moments where I think she's literally ne- maybe never looked worse. She actually has tried to enhance her look. I that actually don't think out. she. I don't think she looks that bad. First of all, I do. I think she looks so. I know you have a real. You have a real issue with her face for some reason. Yeah, I don't I think it's. Face. I don't think it's bad, and I also think she is delusionally confident because she yeah. doesn't seem to know that she wouldn't have this career if it wasn't for her sister. She right. does not seem to be privy to that information. Uh, while the rest of us, it's clear as day. And that's why she's our nepotism love of the week. And right. I, I think, so I think she thinks she's gorgeous because she looks like Brittany and she looks like Lynn and Lynn is pretty and Brittany is gorgeous. And like, I, I think she, she just doesn't, she doesn't think she looks different from them. I think she thinks she looks great. And I also think that's great for her. And I think it's sure, great sure. if you don't, if you don't, uh, fix your weird face, but I right. don't I mean, think. Look- you're talking to someone who has a weird face and who's never gotten Botox. Like I could also be helping myself, but it's like I don't have the resources and the means like that. And I'm also not. First of all, you don't have a weird face. Second of all, you do have the resources. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But but well, it's not a priority. Whatever. It's not you a priority. Think, right, yeah. right, right. Whatever. Right. I'm, I'm buying four hundred dollars worth of weed instead of injections in my face. But it's like right. either right. Am I right? My and that's why you're. That's why you're a pizza girl and I'm a coffee girl. 100%. That's why I'm a Capricorn moon and you're a Capricorn sun. You see, it exactly. all kind of makes sense. But what I will say, okay, so I, I'll, yeah, so I guess it's not a great point, but to me, if Jamie Lynn is about to go on a book tour, I would have at least got, I mean, she has no lips. Like, I, I, I if anything, yeah, but we need to normalize like people not having lips. Yeah, but she is doing other not things. Not me, just other people. I'm just saying she, she <laughs> right somebody needs, needs to go out i mean look i'm i don't have filler and but i but there if you go close for the most part why do i trigger people because there's lipstick i am doing the the double lining that that kylie claimed to and it's just all over my fucking mustache. no you have good li- you have good full lips you have good you have They're a good okay. set of lips especially for a white girl really you're blessed with you an are. underbite with an underbite really but but it could be worse but but anyway all i'm just saying is like if jamie lynn is getting 
anything done. I can't believe she still looks uh, to me. She looks like like unattractive. Well, you know, and look, I don't mind a thin lip, but it's like if you're going to get shit done anyway and you do have all the money in the world and you're going on this press tour where you do have an opportunity to look better than Britney, like how does how does Britney, the feral animal at this point, still look better than Jamie Lynn? Right. I mean, it's because Britney is a born star and right. Jamie that Lynn is, exactly is the right. born paralegal. Like, and I it's- think you're so right. Well, I think you're so fucking right that like, right. The thing that we're not saying is that Jamie, like, because what my thought in the whole thing, my biggest takeaway was like, I, it just does seem like she is missing a, a gratitude piece a little bit. Like she truly is ungrateful. Like she seems to be completely ungrateful. She is a victim. Everything that she talks about in every single interview comes back to like, well, why don't I matter? Well, don't I matter? I have a voice. Like I was a celebrity too. I was a pop star too. I was mismanaged too. I was, it's all about like, I'm finally going to be like treated like an equal here, which is just right. It's preposterous because like you're not. And, and that's okay. But right. If Britney hadn't been successful, you'd be working at the Dairy Queen. Maybe you'd be a manager by now, but you, you, everything that you have that you think of as like your biggest problems, they are now at this point, which they wouldn't have been without Britney. They're extremely like high end problems. I mean, you know, the, even if it is like so fucking fucked up, which it is, the father even being able to make $6 million off of Britney or whatever, $13 million off of her. It's a huge achievement for Britney. You know what I mean? It's like, the, right. you don't realize that you are really talking about money here. And like, that doesn't exist without Right, her. because she doesn't really recall a time when her family didn't have excess right. money. Right. She didn't, like, right. Britney and Brian, the Burrs, grew up poor. And, right. and Britney for Jamie Lynn, for it. Yeah, for Jamie Lynn, it's just like water is wet. Like I can have anything I want. I can get a Nickelodeon TV show dropped in my lap on the strength of who my sister is. So it's like, but I think you're right that she doesn't think it's because of who my sister is. I think she thinks it's like, oh, we just have that it factor. And it's like, "Eh." yeah, this is our family business. I'm looking at pictures of her. I really think that she's a cute girl. I don't think there's anything. I think it's just like cuter when she's not trying. But I think on this book tour, she looking and her, her posture's bad. I don't know. I just I'm like. Somebody get her yeah, the posture before this. Like, what's going that's, on? That's it. It's not her appearance. It's her posture and her vibe. And, like, her just – she just comes across – I mean, here's what we need. We need Jesus Enrique Rosas, Rojas. Yeah. The body language guy well, we on YouTube. We got to get him on the pod. We got to get him on the pod. I tried to get him on Royally Us, and he almost did it. But then he, at the last minute, was like, actually, I can't do it. Maybe he would do I it saw, I, because we're not, like, affiliated with the magazine. I don't think that's going to help us. <laughs> but no, a gal he's like, he's dream. Like, oh, yeah, he like wants to be underground. He only wants to be underground, the body language bodies. Right. No, I don't think so. I do but, have okay. a friend, though, who's a body language expert. Side note, I could ask my friend Chris. Oh, yes. Ask him if he'll come on and analyze Jamie Lynn. Because, yeah, yeah it's it's not her appearance. It's not the things that she's wearing. Like, yes, she's the definition of chuggy. And, like, she's uh-huh. just the most, like... You know, I, it's just her vibe. She just has the worst vibe. And you're just like, man, you have no idea what the reality of this situation or any situation is. You let your eight-year-old drive an ATV. It, you're exactly. a, you're an alien. You are like, she's an alien in the worst way. Like we say that like Razzie is an alien in the best way, yes. you know? And like, yes. there are a lot of people that are great. Like David Bowie was an alien in the best way. Jamie Lynn is... 
Iman, yes. Mary Cosby, alien. Yes. Might maybe in a bad way. Like Mary Cosby and Jamie Lynn might be from the same planet. Wow. Now of that just, is a good well, and actually I think based on their charts, that would make sense because we did Mary last week and wasn't Mary a an Aries? I forget. Tell me uh tell me about Jamie Lynn's chart and then okay. we're gonna talk about Jenny from SLC. Okay, so a few things about Jamie Lynn's chart. First of all, when we're looking at Jamie Lynn's chart, the the thing I know it seems Which crazy. I think we've already done her chart before, but the beauty of it is neither of us remembers. So Well, that's the thing. That's the beauty of astrology, right? It's it's a life's practice. That's why I'm excited that I found it as sort of like a hobby because it's one of those things that like it never gets old. There's always more to learn, there's always more to observe, there's mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. another transit. So it's it's always relevant, it's always interesting. So do you want me to share the screen or no? Here, let me just share it real quick because you might yeah, find something. Yeah, yeah. Let's see share. if Squadcast lets us share a screen. It doesn't have a pretty filter, but maybe it has screen share. There we go. Can you see? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the chart of Jamie Lynn Spears. Now, the first thing I think is incredibly important to note is that she is in the middle of her Saturn return. Oh. Saturn's in Aquarius. Her Saturn is in Aquarius. And her Saturn and her North Node are both in the eighth house, which is- under a t-shirt? Okay. First of all, I absolutely think we should only because look, let's get on this gravy train while it's still flowing, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. And like, like, we forgive you, Jamie. This is a Saturn return, right? Right. I think also speaking of gravy train, I think the reason that she put the book out now is to build. She thinks that this is going to recatapult her career and she's going to get a new Zoe 101, like because right. she's delusional. So when, I think that's did, why. They just, did she lose a show? I feel like she just did have a Netflix show that was taken from her or something. Yes, she it? did. And so I think she thinks that once she sets the record straight, she's going to get a show again, which is so off base and delusional. But I think that's why she's doing it now. And that's why she didn't wait two years because she thinks, oh, all I have to do is put out the book and then I'll. I'll be back where I was. And it's like, no. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that could be, that could be right. But okay. So it's like her Saturn return in the eighth house with her North node in the eighth house. It's also worth noting that her North node is at 24 degrees Capricorn. That is where this, all of this Capricorn action, Pluto has been sitting on her North node this, like the the past year, two years, we just had an exact conjunction between the sun and Pluto of Venus and Pluto. We're about to have another Mercury Pluto. We're going to have another Venus Pluto. What's the deal with Pluto? What's the deal with Pluto? (laughs) I know Pluto is, I mean, Pluto is the deepest of the deep transformation. It is death and rebirth. So whenever, like, so for example, for me, Pluto has been sitting opposite my son for the last few years. So, so for all the cancers and, and, and Pluto's been near all your Capricorn stuff, but actually for you, it was earlier in the Pluto, like, like, like the, like 2008 to 2000 and like, I would say 2008 to like 2012, Pluto was really on top of your uh, sun and your Mercury. So you were probably feeling it more then. But it's basically like whatever Pluto is in the chart, there is a power um, rebalancing happening. So it's basically like a death to the current and a rebirth, but it's from the deep underworld. Pluto is the farthest away planet, but, but arguably the most powerful in terms of destruction and rebirth. That's why well, the it return destroyed of its freaking self. It's not even a planet anymore. Right, right. Even that's like poetic. But it's like when we talk about like the Pluto return of the United States. Why is this such a big deal? Because when Pluto returns, it basically is like the entire power, stru- the, the the entire cycle of the power structure has now completed. Right. It's, okay. It's a, so it's a, it's a it's a revolution. It's a, it's made a full revolution, and that is and and it is the great destroyer and rebuilder. So what is Jamie Lynn going to be destroyed and rebuilt into? Because I don't 
see her doing any introspection. I think she's just kind of, I I feel like her reputation is going to be destroyed. And I think it already is, but the best possible scenario for her is to just become a private citizen and open an ATV school for eight-year-olds or something. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because, like, like rewind 10 years ago, what was I saying about Britney? I wish they would just let her be a normal person. She could just open a dance school for kids. Like, that's exactly... We, we literally are, like, give these people their children... Or give these people their childhoods back. Get, let them be kids or at least work with the kids now because that seems to be where they stop and start. Right? Like, fame is clearly destroying all of their lives, their entire family. Well, and, like, Britney's response that you just read, like, it's like, oh, she clearly, and I mean this with no judgment, and it's not, but it's like, she clearly has, like, arrested development. I mean, she sounds like a 10, these sound like two 10-year-olds in a fight. And she's like, I was, she's like, you're lying, I never pulled a knife on, or I never had a knife next to you or whatever, but I would love to whip your ass. Like, this is Britney, this is not... Right, it's like, not getting across the message that you think. You sound violent and fucking crazy. Right. Like, actually, you're, you're, uh, adding fuel to the fire of a story that Jamie Lynn wasn't even trying to tell. She was telling yeah. a story from when they were children and protect that, that Brittany had a knife in there to protect them from their father. And Brittany mm-hmm. didn't read it, didn't really hear it, is having this trick. Cause she says, I, I don't know if it was the one that you read, but in another one. Wait, no, on Call Her Daddy, Jamie Lynn said that she didn't know why Brittany had the knife and Brittany just kept saying, I'm scared. Okay, I think on the Good Morning, or maybe it was the Nightline, she said that that afraid of her father, Brittany locked them in. Maybe maybe she was saying that she didn't know at the time, but I believe Mm. in the Nightline interview – they they touch on the reason was was that she was scared of their father who was right either way. It's like Brittany thinks that she said Brittany pulled a knife on her and in the past two years, right? And it's like. No, it's like Brittany's oh, not man. understanding and fighting, and then right, it's like when she's responding in a violent and like clearly uh, out of reality way. It's it's actually mm-hmm. kind of making Jamie Lynn's point here, which is that like this is all so crazy, and like, and then it also makes sense too. Where sorry, I made that sound, but Jamie Lynn is also saying like, yeah, when it came to the conservatorship, like I really didn't know the right thing to do because like. You know, I, I mean, she also said a few bullshit things too, which was like, I gave Brittany all the tools. That was like a very constant narrative. Like I gave Brittany all the tools to, to help and leave. But like it was her responsibility to walk through the door. It's like, no, it wasn't like, right. Also, if you didn't have, fuck you. Right. And if you didn't understand what a conservatorship was, how could you have given her all the tools she needed to get out of it? Right. And right. like open a book, Jamie Lynn, like Google, just use Google. You know that all these people are saying, and like, I get if the culture of the family is to say, no, this is necessary. We need to have it. We saw their brother, Brian saying, oh, the Spears women are all too, uh, right. too intense, which was so sexist and fucked up. And like, we know that they're, that's a fucked up family. They have really weird warped beliefs about right and wrong. Yep. Always have. And like, so just say that, but she's not saying that. She's just kind of upholding well, this right. whole thing. And, well, and that's she's, what she and doesn't she's, realize that she doesn't realize yeah. how, but, but then it's like we do, when we see both of these like very immature act outs, we do have to just like zoom out and say like, wow, these are two really underdeveloped young women who, whether they're young in age or not, who, who mm-hmm. like, yeah, like they, they have too much money for their own good because like this shouldn't be a public issue. They should be embarrassed by this back and forth. This is not like, mm-hmm. like nobody needs this at all. And like, yeah, I just think, you know, 
But we do because there was nothing else to talk about this week. And and side note, like we love it. We're loving it. I can't wait to watch part two. So in a way, it's like, okay, thank you, Jamie. But but check it out though, right? Because it's like, okay, you're saying so Saturn return means her Saturn's returning. She's an eighth house Saturn, which means that like up until this moment, she has felt that it was her responsibility to eighth house Saturn keep things secret, keep things private, really be Mm. like, you know, eighth house is secrets. It is behind closed doors intimacy. It is the occult. It is also a a Scorpio. So it Pluto rules it. So also when you're saying like, what's going to die for Jamie Lynn, it's like, well, the North node has been, it's also in the eighth house. I think first of all, what she's going to learn to do long-term is to shut up. Like, I think a big, I think this is her big, like, I think I'm doing my Saturn, but it's actually just her Saturn return moment where it all comes crashing down. And I think before where she felt silenced, what's going to end up happening is that now moving forward, she's going to be silenced, but like, like self-silenced because she realized actually that is her power and that she does have privacy. And that I think that this is like a huge, it really, this is a it big is, moment for her to like do the thing that she thought she could never do only to realize that she doesn't want to do it anyway. That to me is the thing. Right. So I think this, this is again, Megan, Harry, Oprah echoes of were you silent or silenced? And yes. it's like Jamie Lynn was not silenced. I think she was silent. She was being willfully ignorant. That's where those secrets yes. are manifesting themselves. I think, yes. I think she's pretending. I don't know what a conservatorship is. I never even finished high school. And it's like, Okay, but how come like every 16 year old gay guy, white, gay white guy in America fucking learned exactly, you know what I mean? Like all these random people were able to use the internet to find out what it is and start a free Britney movement. And right. you who are right next to the source are not able to. And you're, you're just, you're yeah. also afraid of your father. How could you in your right mind argue in this, in these series of interviews now that you didn't understand or didn't know because even if on a basic level what you know is that dad is in charge and you know that the the pains that Brittany took to actually separate them from their parent and and that he was actually unsafe then like you just sound like you're lying or it just sounds stupid it's like it's like i didn't know it was going on okay but if you okay again like not to use bundy as an example but if you're like i know bundy killed a lot of women but like i don't know when my sister started dating bundy like she seemed really in love like how could i have known it's like because it was bundy because you spent your entire because you knew that your dad was a scary alcoholic you you talk about it an enormous amount the mother talks about it Brittany talks about it everybody talks about it but now all of a sudden when we're talking about the conservative trip, you really don't know you really have no idea and it's like okay well even if you, you were like oh i trusted my dad right yeah. why would like you, you can't why, why wouldn't that like even on a basic level it was scary that dad was in charge it always has been you can't have it both ways you can't be yeah so okay she clearly is not doing the right thing in her saturn return she's very mixed up and confused so and for the record anybody who's going through their saturn return it's likely that you're not like that is what the saturn return is like the saturn return is a moment where you kind of think that like you're doing this like culminating like body of work for it's like almost like before your saturn return everything is undergraduate and everything is learning and then like your saturn return happens and it's almost like this like dissertation moment or like a final test moment and then you realize that not only did that final you, you got that final test wrong but it's because there's actually something else a Bruin that is yeah. the thing. Here's what it is. It's Lady Gaga in A Star is Born getting a Grammy and thinking that's her Saturn return. And then her husband comes and joins her on stage and pisses his pants. Yes. And what her Saturn return actually is, is sort of coming to terms with herself as a person separate from him and not enabling his alcoholism anymore. Ooh, so that's right exactly now, right. right, like Jamie Lynn, like, her what do you think is the bradley cooper pissing his pants of jamie lynn's saturn return 
I think it's the, I, I think it's going to be that she thought that this press tour was going to, uh, create, like, I think that she thinks a redemption narrative for her. Yeah. I think that she. Burroughs furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thought it was going to create a redemption narrative. I think that she really thought like, you know what? I'm taking control for once. I'm going to really be the driver of the car. And then she realized like, I think she's going to realize. The driver of the ATV, really. The driver of the ATV, right. And I think she's going to realize that like, actually, like, like, right. She She's now going to choose to be silent moving forward, not because she's a victim and not because she like can't use her voice, but because it's actually not fucking worth it. Like the, the, the family and, the, and like all the people that she's blaming for all the things that went wrong in her life at the end of the day, like her privacy is long-term going to be the thing that she, um, values more and if she's smart she's going to be able to use this experience to move her career forward but in like like and and when she does if she does the way that she is going to to behave past that will be in a private way on purpose versus a private way it's kind of like it's like it's like when you give a kid like a fake punishment or something like like in my life growing up i was not allowed to have soda there was like no soda allowed we were drinking those whole food spritzers like and if and if i was caught drinking a soda even i was like out with friends like i was in trouble for it you know what i mean so what does that mean as an adult it's like the first thing i do is like i'm drinking not even diet coke like give me a fucking regular coke right And it's such a, but it's such a stupid, like, sort of rebellion, but it's like, that happens with everybody, right? Like, whatever it was that your parents were like, this is the thing, there's that Chocolate. little, right, like, there's that little part of us inside that's like, well, I'll show you, you know? So I think, I think what's been happening is like, Jamie's been thinking that they've been saying, Jamie, don't say anything, don't, don't, blah, 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 because they're trying to silence her. And it's like, oh, at the end of the day, like, why do I have a tire swing now? It's because I've been drinking soda. My mom was fucking right, you know? And now I'm addicted I- to soda. Yeah. So this also reminds me again, not to bring them up again, but Megan and Harry with saying, oh, we need to use our voice if we can't use our voice, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, where was your voice when the, while the alleged injustice was going on? Because like Megan and Harry, they didn't want to leave the royal family. They wanted to stay in it and just also live in California and do deals with Netflix. And I guarantee you that if they had gotten their way, we wouldn't be hearing their quote unquote voice on all of the injustices of being born royal. And the same, same thing with Jamie Lynn. It's like, okay, where was your voice when your sister was being held captive and forced to dance so that your dad could make money? Like, 
where was the voice then? And, and there's no, there's no introspection of why didn't I speak up at the time? It's just, well, um, well no, I'm speaking up now and that, and I should get a trophy for that. It's well, like, and the speaking up now though, she, she's not saying anything about like she, I get where Brittany is pissed. I get where Brittany's saying like, you're just you, like every story in the book that she's like being honest about is some kind of like a reflection. It's like when Brittany and I, when, when Justin and Brittany broke up, like, why are we getting chapters on the Timberlake breakup from Jamie Lynn now? You know what I mean? Like, it is a little bit exploitative. It is, like, we don't need to hear your voice on how that was for you. I mean, that's ridiculous. Also, and, like, don't pretend you don't know why they broke up then if you're going to give us all those deets. Right. Cry Me a River was sad, not just because it was like your favorite song and their favorite song. It's because it was about Britney cheating. Get real. But okay, fine. Aside from that, it's not like she's done enough introspection even in this moment to say anything about the conservatorship. I mean, she has nothing to say about the conservatorship. She does not right. say it was wrong. She does not say it was bad. That's the only thing that she's like keeping mom on. And she, but, but then she's also talking about how dangerous and scary her father is. It's like, dude, you can't have it both ways. And she, right. Like the issue with Jamie Lynn is like, she's really trying to have her cake and eat it too here, which is like, I'm going to use my voice about the things that I feel are important. And it's actually none of the stuff that we actually need her opinion on that would change the relationship relationship between if, if if Jamie came out now and said look I was a kid and I I played dormant I played a dormant role in this whole time and I let myself be used and abused as somebody that they were making me the scapegoat of like the family problems but looking back now I do wish I had done more because my father is a dangerous scary person and for everybody to be okay with this conservatorship I should have spoken out about it then and I was too scared things I should have said at that time 13 years ago were between between now and the last 13 years you should have said at any point my father is dangerous and scary and Brittany needs to be right like saved but again his, her her father wasn't dangerous and scary until now that she needs a way to make herself look like the victim it's well, like but except that then, but she's talking about the childhood she's saying as a kid i would we were hiding in the closets and every time my daddy would drink i mean the daddy drinking even in her childhood was a fucking issue and it was an issue this whole conservatorship so it's like right yeah, but now she's saying it because the because she thinks it can help at x y and z so i understand where britney's like right like she's up. saying it right she's saying it because she thinks it it absolves her of any wrongdoing over the past like 10 years or whatever. And it's like, no, you've been a grown ass adult. Like you, like also, even though you were only 16, by the time you had a kid, that should have put everything in perspective. Like, but also I do get being like, I was a 17 year old new mom. I was not thinking about the conservative conservatorship. That's the most valid thing she said. I That's a hundred percent true. I agree. But then like, yeah. Okay. That fast tracked you to adulthood. You were a freaking like actor on a film set, you were fast tracked to adulthood by no fault of your own because of the people around you pushing you into that. So wouldn't that make you more mature and more likely to be looking into this shit that's going on with your sister? I mean, I like the, the, the shitty culture in their family can only explain so much, you know, like at a certain point you do have to kind of look at what your, where your culpability is because everyone in the family, even Brittany, I'm sure has culpability in it. Every single person involved in it. Like no one is perfect. No one. Mm -hmm. And I also think that like what it comes down to that no one is saying that no one's going to say is like, there was at the beginning of the conservatorship. I do think that they were all genuinely concerned for Brittany. Like she was acting wild. I mean, the shaving. Yeah. I mean, she, I, I get where the family was genuinely scared. That's, that's an okay opinion. But I also think the thing that no one is saying that we are saying here on the Space Trash podcast is that like at the end of the day, I think we are talking about people who fall back into like righteous rage, rice, 
righteous racism to, to whatever degree. And I think that it was not a help to Brittany that during the time of her big, like, psychotic crash, she was hanging out with these two Middle Eastern guys and the family all, I probably could agree, like, well, this is bad. Well, this is bad. You know, we trust daddy more than Adnan. We trust daddy more than Sam, you know? So I, yeah. I, to me, there was like, even in the documentaries that came out this past year, there was such an obvious uh, racist lean that, that at the time nobody was mentioning. And it didn't even occur to us that that was like part of the way that we were all thinking about why Brittany was like so fucked, but it is that, that has everything. If she was partying with just like, if, if, if Justin Timberlake were there while she was having her crazy moments, I don't think this conservatorship would have ever happened. If she was, if she was partying with like, di- you know, a different group. Yeah. You know, they what had I mean? a, the, her, her family had a sense that these outsiders were cutting them out of the deal. And I'm sure a lot yes. of it had to do with like their unconscious bias of they, 100%. well, they also look different from us. Like if, it, if she was hanging out with the duck dynasty guys and they were calling the shots, right. they probably would have been like, Oh great. This is going to help our bottom line. That is so fucking funny, Molly. That's exactly right. The duck dynasty guys would be like, ah, well, she's in good hands. Yeah, exactly. But also with Adnan, like he was a paparazzo. That is a little weird that she was suddenly like hanging with a paparazzo and giving him all of her secrets. Like I would be concerned about that too. And but well, Sam, Sam Lucky, was also a. I mean, he was the real like Hollywood. But he was a manager. That was his job. Mm. Like he was not. He was doing a job. That, but also Courtney Love says that he was like sinister with her. So we really don't we know just don't at know. all. Yeah. But we it is know. definitely true that some form of xenophobia was motivating her parents to take even swifter action because of her hanging out with these guys. But like you said, she was shaving her head and beating people with umbrellas. But then, um, which which is also like something that her parents... The problem is not necessarily the conservatorship. The problem is they forced her to keep working under the conservatorship. 100%. Because and the problem if is she the was too... Well, sorry, go ahead. No, if she was too crazy to manage her own life, then she, she had enough money by that point that she should have been able to just ride off into the sunset and raise her kids. Like, 100%. and clearly the fame and the work is what drove her to that point. And also, Jamie Lynn says in Call Her Daddy that when they would see paparazzi in Louisiana, they would like throw milkshakes at them and shit. And it's like, so she, again, this is another behavior that she got from her family. Like coming after the paparazzo with the umbrella, like that was a learned behavior that was tolerated and accepted in her family. Right, so like, this is a violent even, family. Like th- this family right. clearly, clearly struggles with domestic violence. Right. And like impulse control. Yep. And like, it's just nothing that she was doing. And that's probably actually why they, I mean, partially their toxic family culture is why they did think, okay, we just need to get her a little bit under control and then she can go back to work. Whereas in my family or your family, for me to shave my head and beat someone with an umbrella, they'd be like, holy shit. Right. We got to fix this and she's not going back to work, you know, at least for, you know, like, because it doesn't value it. Our families don't like get get a lot out of our earnings i mean it's not they would just be like we want to make sure that she's okay like just stay exactly stay home but it's also offline it's also not even like it's what i mean is also that what britney was doing the way that we saw her as acting out was actually not really that far out of the realm of what was normal in the spears family how they fucking acted the father they're literally hiding in the bathroom from the father like this is a violent home right she's actually acting completely within how she was raised that's why it's also fucked up but i just i do think like on a basic level 
any, sure, have a conservatorship. To make the father, after all of the things that he has put this family through, to make him the conservator, like that must have been the absolute most painful thing in the world to Brittany. Like what a slap in the face. Not only are yeah. you getting yelled at in the world for acting like him, if anything, but now this person that you have done everything to try to separate your family from is now going to come in and take it all from you. I mean, I get Brittany being outraged right now and, mm-hmm. and everything. And I totally get where like, I do think if Jamie had a little bit more class or wherewithal or, or wasn't her Saturn return, she would, it, it's like, it's so much bigger than, than like everybody having their voice. It's like, actually like, this is a real painful family moment is what it is. I mean, it's almost like they're kind of doing like, you know, what you were talking about, like the way that we talk about like true crime, like the Petito thing, like we talk about it in a way that's like very analytical and like, what's the story? What's the narrative in a way to sort of like, like, like block ourselves from the the actual painful reality that like, this is a person yeah. who died. I think that in a way, part of the Brittany Jamie, like, and the painful reality that you really can't analyze your way out of getting into an abusive relationship. Right. Like there's actually and there's no explaining it really. And like and then at the end of the day, like the details don't bring her back or make it any better. But like we want we want to pr- feel like we understand or we want to feel like, you know, like we have control. Right. Right. I feel like in this case, too, like the real, real bottom line issue is that Britney Spears and Jamie Spears. Lynn Spears and Jamie Spears and probably Brian Spears, although he probably came out the least scathed, were have been in a really abusive relationship with the patriarch of this family. And that's really right. fucked up. And that's really painful. And like I I think Jamie Lynn, if anything, not only because she's working with like Lou Taylor, his girlfriend, manager, or whatever, still to this day, but I think it's like she I think I, I guess it's like this is a half-baked memoir because number one it is like on the eve of her Saturn return so it's not quite she's not quite awake yet like she's just kind of waking up and finding herself here on tv with weird with you know bad botox or whatever but it's like it's like i didn't think her botox was that bad. i did i was like i'll show you some pictures that i just bothered she looked like a muppet you i mean everybody that i know gets botox and it looks better than than jamie lynn and she's all the resources it's the same thing with like Brittany she's Taylor, just a little like, bit like, where, why don't you have better tracks, Brittany? Like, you have all the money in the world. Like, why, who, why are you getting your hair done at CVS? Right. Anyway, um, point being though that, like, all I want to say is, like, at, at this moment, I think the real pain point that everybody is overlooking is that, like, this is a family crisis moment, and it's about the father. And it has nothing to do with Jamie Lynn or Brittany. It has to do with the fact of, like, we have been absolutely abused and chewed up and spit out by this guy who you know, we were too stupid to continue to trust. And that's really fucking painful. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clearly like it's a lack of introspection. And I think our advice to all people in their Saturn return is don't miss the forest for the trees. And yes. don't think that you don't think that you know what your lesson is going to be. Like, you don't know. It's going to really kind of, I don't know, like thinking, what? how old was I when my Saturn return started? Like 28? I, I can give you the exact dates. I mean, I'll tell you what, for me it was, like the year that I did my Saturn, that I had my Saturn return, I did last comic standing and I was also madly in love with Randy who, and we were in like an on again, off again thing, but I was fighting so hard for my relationship and I was fighting so hard to like really take my comedy career to the next level. I hated both both things were damaging to me but mm-hmm. on on the back end the only thing i could do with my i started the moonyule that year too and i didn't oh. know at the time what i was doing in fact i was getting a lot of shit for doing the moonyule because they were like 
why don't you just focus? You're so all over the place. Like astrology, you need another thing. Like just focus on comedy, right? And I was like, yeah, but this to me seems like a way to do it. And I don't know, to me, it was like the most obvious thing to do for comedy. But I didn't realize that like what I was creating, I I hated doing Last Comic Standing and I was in a fight with Randy every single day for a really long time. It was like, oh, I didn't realize what the Moonual was. It wasn't just like a good idea that I just was getting a show going at Caroline's. It was actually going to be like the anchor to my life you know, for whatever foreseeable future. And I could have had no idea about that. So that's where it's like, there's always like a thing that you think is the thing. And then there's this thing that emerges out of the thing that you realize that you don't have control over, or it's not what you thought it was. Like, I think Jamie Lynn thinks that this book tour was going to be one thing. And I think when she realized it's not at all, it's not at all. It's not at all. Everyone's dragging her even worse than they were before. It was better when she was silent. It was better for her when she was just sort of being quiet. And it's like, come on, how much money do you need? Like you're not Meryl Streep. You're not, you know, I'm sure you like performing. We all do. But sometimes at a certain point we got to hang it up. And like, it's like, do it through. If you're really like such a talented songwriter and what do it through music. No one's making music. Why don't you make a few songs about what it was like to grow up in the shadow of your sister? Right. And like, you don't need to be doing it on this national stage that was handed to you. If you truly love it, just for the love of the game, just do it just for yourself. It. Right. You don't right. need to work anymore. You have enough money. And wait, the last okay. thing I'll say really quick about the chart is that, okay, so she has her son in the 11th house. That is like the public, the internet broadcast in Aries. And it's, trine meaning it's in a harmonious relationship with her moon in sagittarius almost to the exact degree in the sixth house so really like and and mars has been sitting on her moon this past month so like that's why like it's not a surprise that like that because mars is always a trigger so it's like chiron goes direct in aries right around her sun and then mars passes by her moon in sagittarius and so this is a moment where she really does think she is healing her soul and healing her her emotional state her sagittarius moon is being sparked by mars into action but it's the wrong action exactly well well and wrong it's the wrong action but ultimately sometimes the wrong actions are the right actions because they lead us into it's like like that's where it's like i don't believe in self-sabotage either like sometimes i think we just need an ego death and i think what jamie thought she was doing was having an ego resurrection i think this is going to lead to like an ultimate ultimate ego death which long term will actually save her right i feel like i'm having an ego death with comedy right now because i'm like Okay, I've been not writing new jokes. I've been not wanting to go whenever I get booked on a show. It's like I almost get like a panic attack borderline, like where I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I can't go. I don't want to like take the subway an hour to get to the show for 10 minutes. Like, and I feel like now I'm like, wait a minute, why? If I don't want to do this, why do I keep doing it? And it's ego. It's because I've listened to too many podcasts with like toxic masculinity white men being like, you're not a comic if you don't take every opportunity for stage time that you ever get and it's like you know what like there's too many people doing stand-up first of all there's too many the market's flooded i know way too many comics like when i first started i was usually like the only girl at the open mic and everyone else was a school shooter and i was like okay Maybe this is going to work. Now it's like, you know what? There's 7,000 gazillion people, not even counting all the people who are funny on TikTok. Also, I'm terrified that I'm not funny. And I'm taking my own advice and being like, you know what? What if I'm not funny? Let's sit with that. Let's sit with not trying to be funny. Let's just sit with what if I'm not funny. And maybe I'm not. And maybe that's what I learned this year. And I do other shit, you know? Well, I think that like really what you're saying is like, 
whether it's like, so I like the practice of like, well, what if I'm not funny, but not because you're not or because you are, but because I think that what you, I think you said it, you nailed it when it's like, there are these like ideas of, cause like stand up is, yes, it's a healing craft, certainly. And being funny is healing, but ultimately like when we're talking about like becoming a stand up comedian and like, there is so much ego involved because it's like, there is so like, right. Like, do you have what it takes, but are, can mm-hmm. you, there, but it's, it, it is, there is like a culture of abuse that you need to buy into in order to make it right. Which is like, I'm going to like, yeah, like every comedian on every podcast is like, yeah, if you wouldn't kill yourself for this and if you don't like go and do it and throw yourself in front of the bus over and over and over again, then you don't actually have what it takes to make it as a comedian. And it's like, uh, okay. So I've, I had, the, I went through that experience myself where, I mean, honestly, and- it was my Saturn return where I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't like, I had to, for years after I hated doing last comic standing, I literally had to be like, what if I'm not a comedian? Like, what if I'm not, because I didn't, that's what Randy said to me right afterwards. He was like, for the record, like, I'm not saying this with any judgment, but like, this is the job. Like, if you didn't like doing, I didn't like doing Last Comic Standing at all. Yeah. He's like, if you don't what like did doing you not it, like about it, every single thing about it, I didn't like. Like, I, I mean, I, that's like a whole other conversation. I mean, ultimately, what I didn't like about it was that like, it was, it was like this high pressure, re- like TV show. But like a reality TV show where you actually can't be real is really weird. Like, mm-hmm. so it's a reality show, but then like everything you say is very like, say this, say like, it, it's very much like scripted in a way, like your character's your character. They dressed me in something I would never wear. I didn't look like myself. Then like, you know, the jokes, you have to, you have to really stick to the script, which is mm-hmm. fine. But like, it just takes away some of like the, like some of the joy of doing comedy is that like you're really there in the moment yeah. connecting with an audience. And it's like when you don't have any sort of ability to like adjust your set based on the room, I just don't enjoy that. But then like there was like an audio flub and I had to redo it a second time. And like the amount of time that you spend in like hair and makeup and in the green room and getting interviewed, whatever, whatever before the actual set is like, it's just like the, everything about it was like, I mean, yeah, I could go on and on. I hated everything about it. And right. And it's like what people don't realize about acting, like being on a film or TV set is the most monotonous, boring shit in the entire world. It's not like stage acting. It's right. like, and if it's you like want to be, an, if you want to be a stage actor, go be a stage actor, but just know that the money's not the same. And so yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what I was realizing too. Like, oh, well, like I could just go be a stand up comedian and like work in real life at the clubs. But then I look at my peers who are doing that and it's like, okay, so what does that mean? I max out at $40,000 a year and I live in like comedy condos where, whereas there's cum in the ice. I can't, I have to go buy new ice because some comic played a prank where there's cum in the ice. It's like, uh, I don't know. Right. So like, it, it's not right. Like, and also like, I don't want to work on New Year's Eve. I ever, I like don't mind working on New Year's Eve, but like, uh, it had better be like my choice for money. Like I don't want to work on New Year's Eve for 25 bucks. At like a casino. Right. In Atlantic City. Yeah. Like I don't want to work. I, I don't want to work at night. I kind of realized that recently. I was like, I hate leaving my house at night. I just want to sit around. Like I don't want to do it. Well, I mean, and then I was like, also, wait, shit. Well, you have a daytime chart too. Like Jamie Lynn, your son is in the 10th house. So like, and Jamie's the 11th house, but it's above the horizon line. So wh- what that means is like where you, where your ego thrives. Like for me, actually, I'm a night chart. So like, I don't mind working at, I actually enjoy working at night more than during the day, but it doesn't mean I want to go out anytime. I'm a cancer, but like for you, right. your ego, you do thrive in the daylight, in the, in the, you know, Capricorn is Capricorn 10th house. It's like you are there in the public for the public in the sunlight being that kind of like 
front runner in a hard to explain not front runner but like being the the way like you in my mind even if you feel unsuccessful i feel like you act for me as like a a a beacon of light in terms of like how to do things right and like how to do things i think that you are like such a hard worker you really have your eye on like or you just have like a you have your finger on the pulse in a way that most people that I know don't, even if your opportunities haven't been like as like, you know, financially rewarding as, as you wish they were, that's partially because the system is rigged. But like for you to go and just become like a Royals expert and have like an us weekly show for all these years. And now like it is, I do strongly feel that that even if it was random at the time, I think that long-term is, I think you're, the book's going to work. I think the, I think we are going to do musicals. I think the Royals are going to give us so much more than we even realize. And like, you have done a great job of just like, even if it's not like a long or not a fast payoff, you play the long game and you've played the long game and you are the cream of the crop and you will rise to the top. But it is like daytime Thank stuff. I feel like a hot mess. You should see the freaking laundry on my dining room table well, right now. The it's goal, terrible. The goal is just clean the house and I like that. I think that's an okay goal for now. You know, you got to just bold a yeah. little. That's all good. But no, but really like it's like, but I know what you're saying though with the, the ego death thing because right, like so much of it, it's it's like if we took away the label of comedian or we took away the like the cachet of being the cachet, right? It's like it's like oh, actually, just like on a functional level, I I don't want to go out and speak for ten minutes, uh, an hour away and not get paid and then and and or get heckled. Like it's like like without there being any labels. You don't, you, you just functionally don't want to do that. That's why you're having the anxiety, but it, that is an ego death. And Pluto is in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. This is an ego death for you because it's sort of like, look, if you actually want to be as successful as you can be, what Pluto wants, Pluto wants things to die in real life. So like, you know, uh, the way that you, whatever, wherever that late degree of like basically starting at 20 to 29 degrees of Capricorn in anybody's chart, there is a, death occurring so for you it actually is the legacy that you thought that you were here to like Mm -hmm. on paper look like you created but i think what's going to happen is if you actually let that part of you die without making it mean that much like when you go you know what i officially quit don't if if you can instead of going well i guess i'm not a comedian look i don't give a fuck what anybody says i don't give a fuck if i do any show for the next 20 years i'm a comedian because i talk funny and because i've done it right like yeah. It's like riding a bike, right? So it's like you get to be a funny person in the world or you just get to be yourself, right? Like I, I sort of like taking the pressure off of like, like if the Space Trash podcast isn't funny every time, but we have an interesting conversation that is astrological in nature and that's educational and thoughtful, that's actually fine with me. And I enjoy that more than like, did I get enough punchlines in though? It's like that's that gives me anxiety, but actually being able to connect with you and connect with the people that are listening, that doesn't give me anxiety. So, you know, well, that means I'm not a comedian, so fucking be it. But, but I still know that what I have to share is valuable, whether you think it's funny or not. So I don't care about the label. I care about just doing my work. And I think that's where you're kind of realizing like, oh, at the end of the day, I only have so many hours in the day. There's work I don't, I don't want to do and I can feel it in my body. There's work I do want to do. And I think that is exactly like the value shift that's happening because all of a sudden that North Node is in, is in Taurus. It's on your moon, your soul. And it's going, Molly, the whispers of your soul. What is it? What do you really want? What are the whispers of your soul really saying? And if it's saying, I don't want to fucking leave the house right now to not get paid and get heckled an hour away, right. freezing cold. That's, that's a worthwhile thing to listen to. As long as you don't make it mean like, yeah, let go of the idea that you're a comedian because that makes you valuable. But, but you're exactly not creative yeah. and whatever that means is, is perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. And I'm really stoked about it, but it's kind of crazy how it just came on so suddenly. Well, it's the nodes. I know. Um, 
Also, the Northern Line is down from Moorgate to Kennington. So that means I can't even get to any of the shows I normally get booked on anyway. Well, that so. is that, that's also showing you like how truly powerful you are psychically because like you said, universe, like get me out I of I broke the done. tube. You literally broke the motherfucking tube, dude. I broke the tube. I broke the tube. I'm sorry, everyone. Final thoughts on Jamie Lynn. Uh, she just needs to really, I mean, the, the public is not the place to air this out. It's just hard though because like in her chart, she does have a public career. Right. Like, well, I guess- we've talked about this for too long, but the next okay, time okay. we talk about it, when the Spears family comes up, uh, we're going to need to do some digging into why this family has such an addiction to publicity. Like, they truly, it is, it is an issue. Like, their solution to Britney kind of losing it a little bit was we got to get her back out in public ASAP. That's, that's insane. That's crazy. So that's, you know, tune in next time. Jenny Wynn of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This devastated me. I am so upset by her Facebook posts, which have surfaced. Now, Jenny is the new girl on Salt Lake City. She's adorable. Her family is really cute. They had a blatantly fake storyline where her husband floated having a sister wife. But you know what? I didn't even hold that blatant fakery against them because I was like, it's tough to maintain your spot when you're a new housewife. Like, whatever. I thought there was a few too many episode segments where she was like, he knows I don't want to have the children. How dare he ask me again? And he was like, come on, Jenny. Like, I think we just do it. Yeah. And it was really humanizing for her to share her miscarriage story because that sounded devastating. But then, yeah, to, to then wrap in this, this fake plot line with the sister wife was sort of in poor taste, um, with something that's so raw and real. And, but I still didn't hold it against her. But now seeing all of these memes, it's like, holy shit. Wait, can you send me a link? I don't think I even saw the worst of it because I, what I sent you, I sent you a bunch. Oh, I already yeah, sent yeah. it's in your WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. I can't send it again because I'll crash I my computer. But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. a lot of it is really standard anti-vax, anti-Trump. Which honestly, uh, it's there are these really stupid shit posts that I wouldn't even hold against her because they're so stupid. There's a picture of Trump shaking hands with a doctor that says, only make the vaccine in suppository form. I want the Democrats to shove it up their asses. If I found out any real housewife said that, first of all, I wouldn't be surprised because these are rich, rich ladies. Like, yeah, most I have to them, assume they're all Republicans. Right. And also, it's so stupid that it's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I wouldn't also, hold like, that against one. But this seems like confusing to me, though, because she's anti-Trump. No, that's not that's not what I meant. Sorry, did I say anti-Trump? She is a Trumper full on MAGA. She shared oh, a link. Oh, 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 she oh, oh. shared a fake news link that said software glitch in Michigan sent six thousand Trump votes to Biden. Like oh, or maybe it no. really happened, but it's not proof that the election was stolen. Like she like that. She thinks the election was stolen. Right. Um Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Hates yeah. Obama. Okay, now here we get into the really um really you racist. See racism. Really racist stuff. Yeah. Okay. This is just a text post that she shared from someone. Hundreds of blacks shot and many killed, including children, by other blacks every week. Over a thousand officers injured, some permanently by rioters, anarchists rioting in major cities every night, blah, 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 destruction to private and public property. And you still think police officers are the problem. You are an idiot. So blaming black people for like violence in inner cities. Was this a response to the, I mean, if it was in 2020, this must yes. have been right on the heels of the George Floyd. It murder. was, 
Yeah, it was summer 2020. And it's just like this this myth that conservatives have of black-on-black crime. I'm not even going to get into why it's bullshit. We posted a story on Galore about why it's bullshit years ago that's all backed by studies. Look it up if you want. There's a million stories about why it's a myth. But it's also not even the same, even if it's not a myth, which it is, but it's not even the same conversation. It's like to try to make the George, the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests about anything other than protecting black lives is like, you're, it, it, it's like, yeah. it's, it's like just gaslighting the public. It's like you're, you're gaslighting the, yourself. It's crazy. And the main thing is everyone is murdered, assaulted, abused, raped usually by people in the same demographic as them because you're it's done by people who are in close proximity to you. So every race has a blank on blank crime issue. Like it's well, and just I, the way it is. And I thought like to me the the most personally triggering stuff during that 2020 like the season of riots I was so I like I I like unfollowed people when their concern was more about like how sad it is to see like Best Buy being looted and like things. It's just like, that's what's sad. Like, I just, that to me was like the most pathetic. Like, and even if they didn't mean it in a racist way, you could just see how clearly there was this, this inherent in, ingrained bias towards like businesses being the, the thing like businesses, family, property is, is, it's sad that someone's property was, or, or that the it's sad that the business has to be closed. It's like, yo, you guys. Yeah, like way to miss the point completely. Way to why miss is, the point. Why is that the hill you want to die on? Like, right. yeah, it sucks. Nobody wants to see any of this happening. But yeah, like, Madison Avenue is in a, in full disarray. It's like right. It's like think there. about what got us to this point. It's not like you can. Ugh, whatever. Ugh. We agree on this. Okay. Uh-huh. Here's another thing that Jenny shared from theblaze.com. Cops lawyers make bombshell claims in George Floyd case. Body cam shows Floyd ingesting fatal amount of drugs before arrest. He died of overdose. So she's sharing this thing that says he died of a drug overdose. I mean, that's just not true. Right. Uh, something I can't read. It's too long. Um, okay, this one. I'm sick of people saying cops need more training. These are all memes, by the way. She didn't write these, but still, she's, she's resharing it. So this is from an account called assault life with a picture of an assault rifle and an American flag. I'm sick of people. Yeah. I'm sick of people saying cops need more training. You had 18 years to teach your kids. It's wrong to loot, steal, set buildings ablaze, block traffic, laser people's eyes, overturn cars, destroy buildings and attack citizens who failed who insane. But then it's like, okay, but like Jenny, like what about the, what about the, where was it? that not Charleston. Where was the right? The Jews will not replace us. Where? In, oh, did she have that? No, I'm just saying that, like, if you have this much of a problem with the Black Lives Matter protests, then, like, what did you think about the about the neo Nazis in, in was it Charlottesville? Where oh, right, the yeah, Virginia? no, you know what I mean. It's like there's, yeah. if, if you have a problem with that, if you have a problem with what you're saying, you have a problem with, then you also have a problem with the Jews will not replace us, people, right? Yeah, she has a she has a joke of Charlottesville when the kid rammed into the people. It's a cartoon of an old lady with a um a truck with a bunch of pictures of people on the back, like how people have it for their families to show their family. But she's got a speech bubble that says, no, that's not my family. That's how many rioters I've hit. Okay. So this Making is exactly a joke my point. Like of how, running over rioters. And how stupid to just be publicly pro- violence in certain cases. And, and then, yeah. And, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're just racist. 
Another meme, if you follow the officer's orders, you won't get shot. You know, you can you can imagine how everything – they all just go on and on and on and on. Um, so adding insult to injury was her apology because her apology said – Yeah, the apology I thought was really bad. Why are you Googling Vietnam War? Well, oh, my God. I forgot you could see my screen. I was <laughs> – <laughs> well, I was trying to I, I should have Googled, but like because I guess like you know me, I'm always just trying to like uh, you know, understand that people aren't evil, they're just like demented or like maybe their backgrounds gave them, you know, I want to give people the benefit of doubt. But like so didn't she escape what when she um immigrated to the United States, wasn't she escaping some She's a she's a refugee. She's like straight up a refugee. Like so what was backstory... going on when so was it what it wasn't the Vietnam War. What what was the, she fleeing from? I think it might have been the Vietnam War. I think she – because when was she born? In the 70s? She was born in 77. Yeah. So that's the Vietnam War. Okay. So then that's – so that's why I was Googling it because I wanted to see if maybe there was like some – because it's like Vietnam War. She explains it in one of the early episodes and people can go listen to that if they want. Because like, so here's just to give context is all. Yeah, yeah. Like she has a really rough upbringing. Like you would think that she of all people would understand why what she's saying there is racist. She is a minority herself. And she just had a storyline last week where she was telling off Mary for saying racist things to her. So it's like how and she. Yeah. So, Okay. Here's what she posted um, on her Instagram 23 hours ago. I want to acknowledge and apologize for my deleted Facebook posts from 2020 that resurfaced today. Allegedly, she just deleted them today. Oh, no. So, yes, they're from 2020. <laughs> and, yes, they're deleted. But they resurfaced because they were still up until they became public. They resurfaced as in, like, they're on the surface. They never desurfaced. They never desurfaced, right. Allegedly. This is what I've read, that they were already up. At the time, I thought I was speaking out against violence. But I have since learned how offensive and hurtful my words were. This is so insane to me because she's equating violence with black people like how is she not seeing even in her apology she's giving up a racist apology she's giving up the 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 conceit of all of her posts was oh no i wasn't speaking against black people i was speaking against violence and it's like clearly you're equating those things okay it's why i deactivated that account more than a year ago which i think means she lost the password and forgot how to sign in and why have been seen because it has been just up Right. And why I continue to try to learn about perspectives different from my own. I regret those posts and I'm sincerely sorry for the pain they caused. And her hashtag, her caption is hashtag hate is a virus. And it's like, okay, so that's also though, that's hate is a virus has to also be like a, a low key nudge, like an anti-coronavirus, anti-vaxxer thing. Right. Right. And like, also I'm mad at myself for giving her the benefit of the doubt of the fact that she refers to her husband as a doctor when he's a chiropractor. Like, we should have known from the jump that these people were anti-science, anti-vax, anti- yeah. He's a doctor. A doctor right? He's not a doctor. He's a friggin' masseuse. He's like, a masseuse with an extra degree. Right. Like, he's a doctor the way that Jill Biden is a doctor. Like 100%. Yeah, they're doc- they have a doctorate, but, like, and they're not know, medical doctors. And you know they're slamming Jill Biden for being Dr. Biden. Right. And it's like- no, you, Dr. Crack My Back is not, fu- no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really bummed out about this. Like, and, but the really interesting thing is in like one of my group chats where we talk about housewives all the time, they're like, oh, she's going to get fired. And I'm like, 
no, they never fire women just for being racist. It has nothing to do with why they fire people. And also, like, nor should it, in my opinion. Like, they, like, people kind of get a little bit confused about the mission of these shows. Like, the mission of these shows is not to platform awesome people. It's, like, but, they right, say. Actually, it's not, a, it's actually the opposite. Right. Like in Dave Quinn's book that just came out, Not All Diamonds and Rose, which is awesome. Um, and also listen to friend of the pod, Connor Bean's podcast, Housewives and Me. He just interviewed Dave Quinn this week and it's such a good interview. Dave talks about how he wrote the book because the book's an oral history and he talks to a lot of housewives and Sarah, he had a 12 hour conversation with Carol Radziwill for this book. Oh my God. Wait. First of all, I will listen to Connor's episode. I will also download the book and also let's get him on the. Let's also get him on the pod and let's also get Carol on the pod. Carol, if you're listening, we are still standing you. I will do your chart anytime. I know, Carol, we want you on the pod so bad. So so Dave talks about it a lot and it's really great. But anyway, in the book, several times, multiple times, the producers and the behind the scenes people say the shows are about rich women behaving badly. And it's like, what more do we do? These shows are not about people who are paragons of virtue. Like it started with Real Housewives of, um, Orange County. And those women are the most MAGA people. Like Orange County is like the most rich person MAGA Mecca in the country. Like this is what these people always have been. They all are. The only, the only city that really has any Democrats is New York. And like there's maybe one or two in New Jersey. Like this is a show about rich assholes. They're all like mostly Republicans, they're conservative. They want low taxes. They want they they hoard wealth, and even the ones who don't hoard wealth because they're broke pretend they hoard wealth. Well, so and them, or, or they're or they're criminally like like right. They're, they're actually like committing crimes in order to get more wealth, so they can right. fit into this wealthy society. And even if they weren't conservative, racist, wealth hoarding, completely unethical people. This show's about women women pulling each other's hair and throwing drinks on each other. Like, why do you want those people to be ideologically aligned with you? <laughs> you know? like, Well, that's the whole thing. It's like when I was – because like I was listening to something that was talking about like, well, what is Bravo's responsibility here? And it's like zero. Bravo has told you from the beginning what this is. And right. if, if anything, I do think maybe like Andy – has a responsibility on his watch what happens after shows like like and I, we've been saying that too like the whole time like why is this in, why are the housewives important and why are the why is them saying racist shit or doing fucked up shit important because it does bring it into the the common conversation like it actually does bring right. up things it sort of walks us through how to respond to people in your life or even if it's you if you're the accidental racist or even the on purpose racist like having this mirror where you go well damn she's getting a lot of backlash like maybe it, it does hurt people or, or, or it, like if right. andy can then use his platform and use these characters that he's that he's putting on to then become of service i actually think it's a good thing Right. I agree completely. Here's where I think Bravo is a little hit or miss. So there's a season where there's a Halloween party in Real Real Housewives of New York City. I think we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luann does blackface. And then there's an episode of Atlanta where one of the women, I think it was Kenya, um, wears a Native American headdress. Now, they made Kenya issue an apology about it and they cut it from all future airings of the show 
And they didn't make Luann apologize for the blackface, even when it came up, even when it led to Megyn Kelly losing her job. They didn't even ever make Luann deal with it. They allowed her to do some really mealy-mouthed, stupid-ass apology on Watch What Happens Live. She just pretended that – she pretended that she didn't put – her whole body was brown. She spray-painted herself brown like Ariana Grande on the cover of Vogue. Like, she truly was wearing blackface, and she was wearing a cartoonish afro, even though Diana Ross never really even had an afro. She had it in, like, one photo shoot. She was in blackface, and they never made Luann do anything about it. So there is a double standard for the predominantly black casts versus the predominantly white casts, and that's what's fucked up. If well, anything even, is fucked up, it's that. Even in this case, too, where it's like we never hear about, like, Dorit's, like, tax issues, really, but, like, we are on top of uh you know genie's racism and we are on top of jen shaw's criminal activity but like we don't really hear about like the white girls criminal activity and we don't well, really hear about the white girls racism i don't know because we're all people are like sharks on erica jane now and Teresa judice her criminal shit was like years worth of material so true. i don't really think that's yeah, true that's i think true. yeah I don't, I don't really know i'm not a, i'm not a full-fledged like long-term watcher but yeah it's just that. like whoever has actual cases against them because the thing is with dorit's stuff it's all alleged so you really can't talk about it without opening yourself up for a legal issue yourself so uh, like that's really what it is but like now with jenny um all of her posts are public and we've seen them and she's acknowledged that they're real. So now we're free to talk about it. And how you did know? this get sparked? Like why, like if they've been up this whole time and we've been watching her all season, why now is this just be part of the conversation? I think, okay, I have no idea where they came from, but her niece made a TikTok where she said, Jenny's not who you think. She's She and her husband are obsessed with money, blah, blah, blah. But also the niece seemed like it was very he said, she said. It was like, all right, maybe you just have drama with her family. So that could be something. And I think someone who knows Jenny probably just was like, oh, she is getting too much credit for standing up to Mary when she's got this in her past. And not even in her past, in her present. It's literally still on her Facebook that she's claiming. She deactivated but clearly didn't. So I think it was just someone who knows her got fed up and and leaked it all, you know? Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know what's going to happen. I guess they're going to... What would be cool is if they have a conversation about it. I don't think she's going to get fired just because of this. Especially if... Like, the only way she's going to be fired is if she's bringing down ratings and like that doesn't mean like if people don't like her that doesn't mean she's bringing down ratings like people no, didn't like it mean it mean we're talking about it now i mean right we, we like, like it everyone hated danielle Staub. danielle Staub does not have a fan on this planet and she still had three seasons and was allowed to come back they say in dave quinn's book the way that you get fired is either just people don't care about you one way or another or if all of the women kind of turn against you and you're on an island and no one will film with you so like that's how you get fired if as long as jenny has allies who want to film with her especially lisa who is like the powerhouse of the cast in terms of like stirring the pot and starting drama like she's good and like meredith the reason why meredith keeps saying oh i don't I told you guys not to invite me to places where Jen is is because she's trying to get them all to freeze Jen out so that no one will record with Jen. And if they won't film with Jen, then Jen will get kicked off the show. But I think it's like, that's a really stupid gamble for Meredith to be making because Jen now has this legal issue, which is going to feed the cameras for at least another year. And Right. Like she's actually like, just separating herself from the storyline. Right. She's icing herself out. She's making really herself stupid. irrelevant. Right. So, so yeah, but that's, that's the way it works. So yeah, I don't think Jenny's going to get fired for this. Um, I'm really, really, really disappointed because she was actually one of my favorite housewives. 
Hmm. And I'm bummed out. Yeah, I could see that. I this would be that. like this would be like finding out Tinsley was racist, and it's like like Tinsley on New York. She because she just seemed like a really nice, genuine, sweet person. Mm-hmm. And Tinsley did get some blowback because after the Trump election at the reunion, Andy went around and asked everybody, "Who did you vote for?" Three of them abstained, which you could tell meant they vote for Trump. Uh-huh. Voted for Trump. Three of them said Hillary and Tinsley said she didn't vote and everyone like flipped out at her. And it's like, dude, this girl has never read a news article that didn't mention her name in her life. Right. I'm sure. Like, like, it's, we don't need her vote. Her, her vote. Right. Is like, democracy like is vote. democracy is not resting on Tinsley Mortimer's shoulders. She's like, yeah, write herself in. Right. Ideally, everyone would be super educated and vote. But like, I don't get this whole like vote no matter what thing, because I'm like, man, there's a lot of dumb dumbs in this world that I'm I'm fine with them staying home. You know, like, yeah, reserve, reserve your votes, people. Just, (laughs) Just do you just keep doing you. Okay, well, I think that was a really fruitful episode, even though we only talked about two topics. I do. Wait, let me get can I say can I just say a piece about about a genie's chart here? It's Jenny, yeah. Oh my god, Jenny. Yeah, I don't I I gotta watch the season. I have no idea who she is. But um side note, what I think is interesting. I can't believe you're not watching this season. I they the first two episodes were so boring that I was because they were it was literally like Jenny fighting about not having kids and then otherwise they weren't talking about the Jen thing at all. And and then it was just Meredith being like I'm not being in the same room as Jen. And then yeah, I, I was like bored. But I'll pick up again. I I'll start with the faux episode and I'll watch from there. Yes, you have to watch the fa episode. Like we, I second screened the first two episodes too because they were boring. But then, starting with fa, it really gets completely off kilter. And you know, okay, so I'll pass that, and then we can do the reunion and stuff, and then we can. I'll have more of an educated. I'll get educated on the cast before I. They're all. This cast is at their best when they're being stone cold weirdos. They are (laughs) freaks. These people like. It, and I'm like, these are the most TV-ready people you could find in Utah. Like, what's everybody else like? This right. is insane. Like, these women are out to lunch. But yeah, I'm sorry. Say what you were going to say. Yeah, I look forward to I look forward to getting involved with the season. What I think is interesting. Okay, so we're looking at Jenny's chart. She is a Gemini sun, almost exactly conjunct her Gemini Jupiter. She also has her Lilith in Gemini, and then she has a 28 degree. Uh, mercury in taurus and then she has her chiron conjunct her she has an exact conjunction between mars and venus at the early degrees of taurus which is then also exactly on her chiron so what does this all mean Um, she's chaos she's chaos she's she's chaos and even though on a certain level like like having to flee vietnam and be a refugee like that's very much like mars venus in taurus conjunct chiron meaning like there is a safety issue there is a physical body issue but in terms of her ability to actually get out of there and create a new life she does have her venus and her mars again in the exact same place working together like her her masculine and feminine is is very balanced in that right. way and like she, I know I can't know this by watching her on TV, but she comes across as so poised and so together. And like she says, I married a doctor, even though he's not a real doctor. Like she, like I can't even get to the level of like perfection, at least in, in the outer way, like looking like you have the perfect life, perfect hair, perfect makeup, perfect clothes. And she's a free, like she had to overcome so much. She doesn't seem like she does, she doesn't not, she does not radiate trauma in any way. Like she just seems like the most put together, well-adjusted person. 
Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because if we're talking about this all starting like with these these uh, George Floyd response tweets, you know, at the time when that happened, the nodes had just moved into Gemini and Sagittarius. So the North Node was in Gemini, pointing us in the direction of Gemini. So she, when the North Node was in Gemini, yeah, she gets on TV. Her attention is being given to her status. Jupiter, it blows up her, her, her talking head personality. She's also, she has Lilith there in Gemini too. So it's also like, and by the way, you're going to give me this platform, but like, I'm also going to be a little controversial. Now it's mm-hmm. interesting because Lilith in the sky has moved exactly onto her gemini sun so we're actually seeing this other darker side of her that she really isn't fully presenting that's what lilith does she exposes the shadow she exposes the secret she exposes the wounding she exposes the socially inappropriate and the sort of rebellious nature then the nodes literally just shifted into taurus and scorpio and so what do you have like well now the north node is basically just sitting on top of her mercury going okay actually we do have to pay attention to your voice and what you've been saying it's not just like oh but now you're a star oh now you're on tv oh gemini controversial no it's actually like let's get serious for a minute and what's also interesting is she's having a um a uranus opposition in her chart it happens to everybody in like their mid 40s there's like this it's sort of what they call like the midlife crisis alignment Mm -hmm. when you have uranus opposite your uranus it's almost like that that like creative spark or that thing that just makes you do things on a whim that sometimes you know just posting memes or whatever it's like i just pictured like two cartoon butts pushing up against each other i well it's you know what it is it's it's more like two cartoon butts farting into the other one's asshole. Oh, that was a really bad, but, but it, cause I always think of it as like, two, Hey, I brought up the cartoon, butts. I'm just going with it. I was just, yes, the ending, but it, but it's cause it's, but it's that it's more like, I always think of your, of Uranus as the planet of like, like Zeus, like throwing a lightning bolt. So to me, this mm-hmm. is like Zeus in her chart, throwing a lightning bolt is all of a sudden met with uh, like another parallel Zeus being like, actually I've got that lightning bolt. And it's like, you know, and so then it's these two lightning bolts coming at each other. Not only is the, is the like aftershock a little bit unpredictable because it depends, you know, like you don't like when you see a lightning bolt come from the sky, you know, it's just going to fucking hit the earth. But when you have a lightning bolt hitting another lightning bolt, it's a little bit like, whoa, what actually is, you know, where is it going to fall? Where is it going to strike? Or like, what is going to happen? Right. So that's like sort of what's happening. It's like, that's why I added the farting bit because it's like, it's energetic. Yeah. Here's what I want to know about her. I want to know how the hell she felt comfortable calling out someone else's racism when she clearly had these posts in her not distant whatsoever past and clearly holds these points of view. Like, I don't know. It just seems like if you're sensitive enough to understand racism against racism against you, how do you not see it in those memes? Well, two reasons. Astrologically, the reason is that she has her moon in Aries, okay? And her moon is exactly talking about Pluto. Her moon is exactly opposite Pluto. So it's almost like she is trying to just like take care of herself on a soul level like like, like she feels it when, when somebody says, you know, you're a stupid Asian or whatever it was that was racist against her. I have no idea. But it's like, if, if somebody were to say that to her, her feelings become stupid Asians said no one ever. Is it right? Right. Exactly. Like, it's like you knew. I was trying to say something that you wouldn't have to pause and then say, Sarah, I have to cut that now. I was trying to say, that's right. <laughs> not insulting anyway. That was what you said. But, but when it's like when your moon is opposite Pluto, it's almost like you have this on a soul level, you are motivated and driven and like internally inspired to 
care about yourself, be impulsive, take care of number one, really just like when you're having an emotion, feel it. But because of that Pluto opposition, it's like you don't like in, 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 standing up. Yeah. Like she, she clearly knows how to execute self-care. Right. But it's like in, in standing up for herself, she ended up opposite Pluto exposing Mm. her own racism and exposing how self like her reacting to Mary wasn't actually being like, I am against racism. It was like, you said something about me. That's what this is. And so her in responding to Mary or even in posting these tweets, I think that the issue is, is that when there are people that are racist that have also been victim of racism, they don't feel like, like it's, it's like, it's like they know about racism because people are racist against me. But then what ends up happening is like they put blinders on it where it's like, so I'm the victim here. Like this chart is very all Gemini. You know, why, why is she comfortable posting all this shit when all this completely racist shit is up on her on her profile because look opposite her sun and her jupiter is her neptune in sagittarius kind of like from a from a ethereal place like focusing everybody refocus everybody on the actual truth which is that these posts are up but gemini has no problem fucking flipping and flopping and just saying whatever and like not being accountable for the thing that they said last week or you know like that's the whole thing with that that's why like casey and i can go to parties and just be bullshit and you're like disgusted by it because your chiron's down there in gemini going why are my sisters even saying this shit whereas casey and i are like oops whatever lol we're talking you know what i mean it's like gemini well, i like that talking. too no I but you're much spontaneous. more it's not that you're not spontaneous it's that you have integrity and i think one of the issues with Gemini is, and I'm not saying that all Gemini, and I'm a Gemini rising, and I am like also a Capricorn in Mars. I do feel that I have integrity, but it's like Geminis can come across because Gemini, I think the, the, the benefit of the Gemini sign is that nothing's that serious. Like Gemini can just like kind of fuck around and Gemini can just like say something or like make a joke or the part of me that you always have to edit is that Gemini part of me. That's like, well, I'm not, I don't mean to be mean, but so is it racist? Is it racist that I did Jenny's voice? Is it racist that I, you know, the, the jokes that we made, you know, and, but that's a very Gemini thing. So for, for her, this is a very, um, you know, a, a Gemini Aries is, sort of a yeah it's it's chaos it's nightmare it's very like trigger like like trigger reactive like like hairpin trigger and like at any moment she's gonna just say the thing but then it's like because she has neptune opposing her son it's almost like her sense of ego the opposition to that is like it's sort of like a nebulous watery like are you sure about that are you sure about what you're saying and it's like ah her politics are clearly very reactive like to see that people are like looting businesses and not say well what led to this moment and instead to say they should stop is like reactive and to say oh someone got shot by someone got killed by cops like i believe in my head that cops are good people who are meant to uphold the peace so clearly that person did something wrong like she is completely reactive completely not well and and also like if the thing that you're like if you're upset about the violence or if you're upset the looting or whatever it's like she's it's it's all very sur- like this is a very surface chart right like you see that there's almost like no energy in anything other than aries taurus and gemini these are the most immature these are the first three signs of the zodiac you know what i mean like she really doesn't have like she is a specifically this is a young soul like she she's not an old soul she is out here 
trying i mean her south node is also in aries like she's basically trying for the first time not to be selfish and and not to like her work here is to learn to actually like north node and in libra like connect to others and balance and understand and find justice and harmony so like for her to be this like chaos merchant and this agent of disharmony in the world ultimately does lead her into hopefully learning her work which is actually to do what she says that she did in her apology which couldn't possibly be true because i mean literally if the apology at least said today i learned i would believe it but if it's like i have been doing all i have been doing all of this work i.e trying to find that password to delete those tweets do you know what i mean it's like it was up yesterday you don't have that much you didn't learn from yesterday Right. Like, Jenny, we know you weren't reading the infographics in summer 2020 because you were posting the other infographics. You were posting the shitty memes. You weren't reading. Here's all the work we need to do about racism. Like, I I understand that I will never understand, but still I stand. She never even saw that one. That stupid ass one with the pinkies that couldn't even physically be possible. Oh, I hated that one. Uh, No, but I think that, first of all, I agree completely. She was really like, she's on the wrong meme page. Okay. But aside from that, like when we're talking about like when she's reacting to like the businesses or the looting or whatever, she really is speaking about nothing but what she's seeing in front of her. Like she's not, I don't even right. think she was like meaning to be racist. I think she was looking for claims, memes to back up her pain point, which is that, oh, I got out of war term Vietnam. Can I just enjoy luxury United States? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not obviously not excusing it, but it's like it's that reactivity. It's a reaction. reaction. And, and it's I don't, you know, I, I don't think that she's like down in her deep. I don't think any of these people are down in their deep soul racist. I think that they are just down in their deep soul, selfish, ignorant, fearful, and are too, right. ri- too rich to know how stupid they sound. Because when you're rich, you get away with fucking murder. Literally, you're insulated. Yeah. Right. And I think they're just spewing whatever their parents and grandparents and the people around them have said because the people, you know, the people with the money, there's this quote, I'm sure it's attributed to someone and it's not anonymous, but I don't know who said it, but they said, if you want to know God's opinion of money, look at who he gives it to. And it's like, okay, well, that is a very convenient theory for me being someone who would like to have more money, but don't. And it's a good way for me to be like, I don't have money because I'm great. And it's like, no, well, it's not definitely not what it is. But I know what you mean, though. I do love that. I, I do. I am coming into having a little bit of poor pride right now. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually a benevolent person. That's why I'm anti-money. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you gave me a boatload of money, like I would definitely spend that money and live well. So I don't really know. Right. And it proves what we were saying in the beginning, like the people who have gold inside from Socrates theory, they are not better people. They just have more money. It's just like they luck, they're lucky to have more money and not have to worry about it. Well, and in fact, actually, when we we're talking about like the, the Socrates times, when he's saying gold, I mean, the original value of the dollar was because it was a trade for gold like gold actually was the original commodity so when he's saying like well there are some people that have gold inside it's like no he's he could be being literal he's he might be literal they 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 might have gold inside their vaults even if oh right 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 you know what i mean it's like they literally have gold but you also need bronze well, right, but that's why it's still up there. I mean, what what we're not saying is that there's gold people, bronze people, and silver people. But then there's also like people that that are are doing water work. They're not even near the metals. You know what I mean? There are people. You know what I mean? Like it's like like there's actually all different uh, types of. I mean, it's like you would say them like Native Americans were just like they didn't have any metal. No, because they had chiefs. 
And the right. Chiefs had people that they trusted in that were like the silver, like middle management people. And then it, every yeah, but when I think about like Native American culture, and this might we might have to cut because I truly might be ignorant. Yeah, like, what the fuck do you all and I, I know say, about Native all American say culture? Is like when, oh, well, you know, I grew up in public school, New Jersey. We did learn about the the Lenny Lenape, and you know, we went to places. But what I want to say is, I imagine though that like in the culture, in Native American culture, and a lot of tribal cultures, it's not the chiefs that do nothing. It's actually the chiefs that have like a huge responsibility and are actually like protecting the yeah but that's what rich people think they are too right like, that's right, it's it's in right. every society and like also we have to make sure that we don't idealize societies that we don't know about because like there's just as many assholes in every single demographic you know like we are surprised like part of us I mean, me at least being surprised that Jenny's racist is racist of me right. because I'm ide- I was idealizing her because I was right. like, oh, she's a refugee, she's a person of color. She like, couldn't possibly be all these things. You that must I know better. Hate. Right. That's me fetishizing her, and like right. that's not cool, you know? know. So like, we just have to like everyone's a piece of shit, you know? And that's why Caitlyn Jenner is ultimately good for the transgender movement. Just to show that there's piece of shit trans people do. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so fucking funny, dude. And I agree with you. Yeah. Like, it's like, it, but I, and I think again, it goes back to my point of like why the housewives being racist on some level is valuable because it's like, if you are doing deep introspective, maybe not funny, but deep introspective podcasting work like we are in this moment, it actually is helpful to go, wow, wait a second. I was, be-. see, to me, I would assume right. that she'd be racist because in my mind, when I, when I hear people speaking in using racism as like a personality or like as a, you know, whatever, I always think, oh, they must be. Like, I think like, oh, oh, Jenny must be coming from such a hurt place that she's like now, like, not only does she feel justified to be racist because people have been racist to her, but then also it's like, like, it's, you want to look for bad guys. And you know what? If you want to survive in this rich person culture, you don't want it to be the white people. Right. And like the bad guys are always coming from inside the house. Like Mm -hmm. there's the bad guys are Mm -hmm. always closer to you than you think. And it's just so much easier to tell yourself the bad guys are this different sect that's identifiable by their appearance. And that makes it easier for you to get away from the bad guys. And it's like, no, the bad guy is your pervy uncle who you share genes with. Like (laughs) it's, it's not the people on the other side of the tracks who you never interact with. Like it's just not, you know? You think that like Vietnam War, she would maybe know that, but I mean, she was just in trauma. It's like, right. I just feel like, yeah. But I also, you know, something, another reason why I think having not booting Real Housewives just because they're racist, I think it's really silly because so many other famous people are also racist or are also secretly MAGA and secretly anti vax and secretly, you know, like, like it's, pretty much a big it's a big rumor in hollywood right now that they've all got fake vax cards and like all these rich people are not getting vaccinated because they're just like no i'm not doing it they're rich why would they do it they don't do shit they don't want to do you know like it's just i think most of the people that we have up on this pedestal they are shitty inside they are hoarding wealth and influence and like they're not like it's not just the people we catch like yeah we someone caught jenny and now she's going to have to go hide. And it's like when they caught um, John Paul Gaultier and then he had to go hide and they caught Mel Gibson and he had to go hide. They always come back. Of course. And like, yeah, but not to mention though, in this case, it wasn't even like, that's why I'm asking. It's like, it wasn't like they caught Jenny. It's like, actually, this has been Jenny's personality. Jenny's exactly. Out- Jenny's the that's out what there. I was going to say. They hired like, her like this. The tweets were up. Mel Gibson didn't become anti-Semitic after Braveheart. Right, right. Like it was right. Jenny always- was hired. This is her first season. She was hired before George Floyd. 
I mean, she was hired after George Floyd. Right, right. Like, it's not, it, it's not this new thing. It's not like, ooh, we, we caught one and now we've eradicated racism from Hollywood and show business. Like, no, they're all hiding in plain sight. That's just the way people are. It's human nature. Like, so it's like, okay, are we going to blacklist people because they say something stupid or are we going to have a conversation about it and explain to them why it's stupid and hopefully they will understand and then the people watching the show will understand. Well, exactly. That's the best. You might not have gotten it. That's the best case scenario and I do think when they do it right, that is what happens. What I want to know is because like, I think that it's also a little bit different. Like when, so we had a conversation about Mary last week, right? Like, was she being racist? Because she was saying shit to people's faces, right? She's calling Jenny a slanty-eyed hoe or whatever. Was Jenny saying anything on the show that was specifically racist or was it just these tweets that that have been now not even resurfaced but have been like like linked? No. Well, people are saying now that they had an inkling because she would speak to Mary in AAVE and like she was kind of like people were like that was a little weird but they kind of let it slide. And it's but like I not how she talks to the others. Right, exactly. Mm. So they were thinking that, but yeah, no, she hasn't really done anything on the show. So that's also an interesting point, too, because I think, you know, it's like there's a difference between policing Mary's behavior when, like, on the show, she's actively attacking people racially versus Jenny, who now there i guess I, so i guess it came up actually because she confronted me off the watch but it's like she confronted mary and then everyone's going well wait a second jenny like you have all of these posts up it sounds like that's sort of the trajectory kind of like but but the no one knows really where the post came from they sort of just bubbled up on the internet so it's i don't think it was one of the other housewives who did it because mary doesn't have any allies at this point you know like so it's just something that someone i think it was someone close to jenny was like, wait a minute, everyone's patting her on the back for being anti-racist and they don't even realize she's got this fucking treasure trove of insane QAnon memes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're like really on top of black on black crime being the problem, then you're part of the problem. Right. It's like, why are you so invested in that? Like, it's such a, yeah, we, you know, we we agree. Long conversation, Jen. I have one final question for you. Okay. What did you think about Kim Kardashian's P emoji? Oh, she's just like toying with us. And I feel like she's like in high school again. I know. And I kind of love that for her. And I'm happy for her because it seems like she's having fun. But um, I'm watching right now the season where she and Kanye get engaged. And it really made me so sad to see just how happy mostly Kanye looked with her because she was at a moment where her face wasn't really moving, but <laughs> they like, they just seemed so they were, They're a great couple, man. I know. I'm so sad about it. I love and their I relationship. Am, I truly love, loved and love their relationship. I love his new song where he roasts his own children for being rich. Oh, I know. I mean, but that's just kids get the St. Your Mama's house. But you know what? I, that's appropriate. Like, I think it's really important that those kids hear that from him. Yeah, and it's funny. He's joking. He and, like, loves them. He's not actually threatening to kick Pete Davidson's ass. It's funny, and Pete Davidson right. probably thinks it's fucking hilarious. Pete Davidson, his, his life's probably fucking made. This is the little boy's dream. Can you imagine getting mentioned in a Kanye song? I would be so excited under any circumstance. Right, like, he could be like, 
oh, Molly Malshine, I'm going to submit fraudulent tax returns so you get arrested by the IRS. And I'd be like, hell yeah, this is great. I don't know why that's what I thought no, of because like, I'm no, being asked to do my taxes. No, lol, I don't even, don't even bring that up. I don't even do the T word. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, not only are you referenced in it, but like Kanye being threatened by you because you're fucking his wife, who's the hottest woman on planet Earth, like doesn't get cooler than that. You thought, right, you, hang it up. Just when you think there are no tears left to cry, we got Kanye on some tear shit because Pete Davidson, you are somehow Hollywood's most eligible mentally ill bachelor. And we're here for it. <laughs> Kim does like crazy men. I know, I know. She likes a di- she likes a DSM four diagnosis. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's but I think it's because of the Pisces moon. I think that on a certain level, like her inner self, isn't that what I am? No, I'm Pisces. You're rising. Pisces rising, but no, you're a Taurus moon. You're like I have no time for that shit. Pisces, you're actually, and your North Node is also in Pisces, so you're sort of actually meant to lean into your like crazier sides right but not in relationships in relationships i'm like give me peace i just want to sit on the couch Well, that's exactly what it together and hang out you actually need a you need that earthy kind of relationship so that you are safe enough and comfortable enough to lead with your artist self Yeah, yeah yeah but i think that kim with that pisces moon it's like pisces moons if they're not like trying to save themselves they do get off on trying to like sort of save others or they have like unending sympathy for people or they have unending like the, i she's arguing for both of them like well artists you know artists are just emotionally blah, 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 right like she has a lot of space and then as that libra right. always going to be like i'll just pick up the slack for whatever they're like troubled with or whatever they're saying i'll just be the other right like and she's the perfect candidate for it because she's a breadwinner so it's not like these guys are going to take her for all she's worth and she's going to be in the poor house like she's always going to have enough money for herself and her kids so if she wants these little fixer-uppers you know what kim do it. i think she loves it i think she loves uh being sort of i think that's like her way of rebelling in a way like you know what like i am i have space for people with a mental illness okay except chris humphreys what do you, you think he has also mental illness? No, he just looks like a foot. Yeah, but he was like the most normal and like they had the worst. Talk about the difference. No, I think Reggie's. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie Bush was the most normal. By far, yes. T- time out. Yes, Reggie was Reggie was normal. But that Chris and Kim season is painful to watch. Yeah, they That's hate where each other. Kim was mentally ill at that time. For her to even have a- agreed to this marriage. I mean, that whole season is so embarrassing for her. I know. I think that was her Saturn return. And she thought that forcing this marriage was what was going to help her grow up. And it was like, no, Kim, that was not the point. Wait, I'm going to, I don't have to do it right now, but let's put a pin in that. I bet you it was her Saturn return. That's exactly fucking right. Because especially, I'm going to make such a good TikTok, especially for a Libra. I'll, I will confirm it right now, but especially for a Libra and we have to find out where Saturn is and everything, but it's like, right. The lesson for a Libra is like, it's not going to necessarily be marriage that saves the day. Well, until someone way better to marry comes along, which is Kanye. But even then, here we are getting diss tracks for your new boyfriend. I I know, but like that marriage ran its course in a great way. It's not over. Let's be clear. It's never it's never over. Right. It's never going to end. Yeah. So, yeah, I I love what's going on with Kim and Pete. I think Pete's really happy to get this shout out. I also need to make it. Um, And I did say last week that I thought that Julia Fox was raised with money. I want to say that I have found out she was she is from New York, but she wasn't raised with money. Her her dad was an immigrant from Italy. She was born in Italy and she was like a heroin addict before she was like 20. So she definitely has she has more. I I apologize for for saying that she was more privileged than she was. 
a lot of rich people are heroin addicts before they're 22. But right. a lot of like, a lot of New York people. Exactly. But yeah, I, that's what I thought. She's not nepotism, but she is like, I mean, having a dad from Italy is its own form of like mystique totally. that you're like, oh man, my dad's from Elizabeth. <laughs> right. My dad's from Springfield. <laughs> my mom's from Chester, Pennsylvania. Like, fuck. Oh, damn. I mean, yeah, my mom is from Boston. Okay, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Kim, oh Kardashian, God, are you hilarious? Kim Kardashian recently admitted that she married second husband Kim Com- Chris Humphreys because she was 30. That's Adam Return. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm going to make a really good TikTok about it. Cool. No one steal the idea. No one's listened to so far. Oh, listen, mm-hmm. I have a new gr- I, ha- I mean, no one's listened this far. I have a really good idea for how to um get more listeners. We're going to say, look, I talk shit on my podcast about my friends who don't listen. Because I know they're not going to hear it. I'm going to post an Instagram story that says that. And then everyone's going to listen. Well, you know, everyone's going to be like, my friends are going to listen because they're going to be like, oh, my God, did she talk shit about me? And then people who aren't my friends are going to listen because they're going to be like, I want to hear the drama. Wait, I think that's a genius idea also because that is I mean, I've been saying this all year that like my test is like for everything, even like there's that one Instagram video that my vagina, bare vagina is just showing the entire time. And I know if my friends are watching my shit or not because they watch and the ones that watch say, hey, by the way, do you know that your pussy is showing? And what? Which video was that? It's when Desi was here and I was like screaming at everybody and I was like in a performative, angry sort of thing. And the second one, oh, I put I my vagina was just out. But it's like, it's pretty funny because like Desi's got the filters going. Like it, it does work. I don't hate it. And for some reason, it's like the most shared thing by friends and strangers are like, even though I think it's like probably one of my worst performances, but like whatever. For some reason. But it's, it's, it's the bad. My badge. But yeah, it's like, it's like I know when people watch because they're like, oh, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but and then it's like, cool, you're a real one. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't notice. Well, that's okay. You talk to me pretty, like, I, I understand you not wanting to dig into my content. I feel like you may, you may have your fair share of Sarah, uh, content to wrestle with on the day to day. I forgive <laughs> you for not watching all the Psycho Sunday episodes, especially the ones where I'm just screaming belligerent and my boots are showing. But if you want to see, I'll send you a like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I love that. I'm yeah. glad that we're talking shit about you people. So don't listen. All right. This is three hours long now. <laughs> so hopefully I will cut at least an hour. And two topics. Two topics. But how nice this is how nice to have somebody on planet Earth that I could truly wax poetic with about celebrity gossip. What fun. I, I know. It's amazing. It's so great. And we're gonna this get our on. life's work. This is our life's work. We're going to monetize. Oh, we're fucking Because I'm back to being a fucking bloodthirsty Capricorn. Let's go. I was off-piste for a little bit, and I'm back on Well, that was part of it, though. It was the astrology. Like, like, Capricorn has been in the washing machine for the last, like, since 2017, really since 2008, Capricorn. When Pluto entered Capricorn, it started then. But since 2017 and those eclipses we are just now like getting our head out of the out of the water with these like pluto conjunctions that then will move us into the aquarian age so like i think we're right on track and with that north node in taurus you're like money 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 actually that's i don't need to fucking survive out here i'm gonna demand what i'm worth and it will it will save us all and i'm a capitalist again sorry everyone sorry bernie i still will vote for you but um i'm a capitalist well it's just like I don't think you're capitalist. I think so long as we are living in a capitalist society, we need money and we need to. We are living in a material world and I am a material girl. Right, right. Exactly. So it's like so if, so long as that's the way that we get materials, we're going to need money. But until then, we're also totally open to brainstorming ways that we could get all the materials uh, and, you know, invent new currency. But I'll do that. 
I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll do that part. I'll do that part. I'll buy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.